What's happening, weirdos? It is wonderful to be back. It's Wednesday. It's a new guest. It's River Butcher. River Butcher, everybody, whose new special, A Different Kind of Dude, is out on YouTube now. You can watch the whole thing, as I just did before this interview, which is why I reached out. And they're incredible. River's incredible. I'm excited for you guys to hear this awesome chat. Chat? <laughs> We're going to have a nice chat, dude. Me and Rev. Gonna... I, I, do, I do say Rev a lot. I'm going to be honest. It's a great episode. I'm so, I, I so, 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 so hope you guys enjoy it as much as uh, we enjoyed having this conversation. And if you're listening to this, thanks to, uh, on the day it came out, thanks to everybody that came out to Largo last night. Because it already happened, I can say it was David Spade, it was John Mulaney, it was an incredible night! It was, and, and, and loads more, and me, and fun, and laughs. Uh, so the next one, always with incredible guests, uh, is on April 22nd. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. And on uh, the 23rd, April 23rd, I will be in Austin as part of the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. That's the only traveling I'm doing, uh, is Austin. So if you're in the L.A. area, come see me on uh, April 22nd. And if you're in the Texas area, come see me on April 23rd. It would mean so much. And it'll be so great to be back doing live stand-up with y'all. Y'all. Yeah, that felt good. With y'all again. Um, All right. If you like this show and you want to show your support, which always means so, so, so much, try a Pete's Pick. As you know, we only do ads for things that we actually use and actually love. Like my ritual multivitamin. Val and I just got back this morning from going out of town, and there's one supplement that I take with me when we go, uh, when we travel, and it's my ritual multivitamin. Everything in one place, not just everything in one place, a minty, wonderful place where you know there are no shady extras, you know where everything is coming from, and I take it in the morning. It's minty, it's good, it doesn't upset my stomach, and I'm ready to face my day. And when it comes to everything, including multivitamins, we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. What you won't find is sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, as I mentioned, the fresh taste and delayed release capsule make taking the vitamin easy. I don't know if you've ever taken a multivitamin on an empty stomach. Usually they break down right away and that can make you nauseous or nauseated. I don't know if you guys are English majors. You're supposed to say nauseated. But Ritual waits. It's a delayed release, so it breaks down in your lower intestine where they can actually be absorbed. This is the only multivitamin that doesn't turn my pee neon green. You know that horrible feeling that you're just like, I think I just peed out everything I took. Ritual's delayed release doesn't upset your stomach, and it helps that stuff, all that good stuff, get into your body where you can actually use and utilize it. I've been taking it for about a year now, maybe even over a year, and I, I swear by it. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms you can use, like D3, super important for your immune system, B12, which is hard to get for me as a, as a veg who doesn't eat meat, uh, hard to get B12, wonderful for energy, wonderful for uh, a feeling of well-being. B12, bam, right in there. And you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they're coming from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, now available for women, men, and teens. Their multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different life stages, and they're delivered every month with free shipping, always in very minimal packaging, which I always appreciate. Val is currently taking their prenatal. 
I'm taking the men's formula. Something for everybody. I love that very much. You can start Snooze or cancel your subscription anytime. I've had to snooze a few times, and it couldn't have been easier. I love their website. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So, come on. Get into it. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. Our show is also brought to us by our friends at Living Libations. One of my favorite companies and product lines in the world is Living Libations, who make a natural and kick-ass, wonderful, earth-based, <laughs> reality-based, meaning not chemical-based, uh, alternative to all of the skin, hair, teeth, and eye care, baby care. We are in. We are a Living Libations family. When I realized I was being very careful about what I was putting in my body, but not what I was putting on my body, face creams, face washes, shaving creams, baby products, sunscreen, uh, teeth care, all uh, dental care, all of that stuff uh, was being made by these corporations that I thought were fancy and good, frankly, because they were expensive, or maybe they had a French name, or maybe I bought them in a kiosk in an outdoor mall. But the truth is, all of these products are, are, are filled with chemicals that were never intended for human consumption, and so many of them are linked to disease and toxicity levels. Of course, what you put on your skin or in your mouth or on your eyes, it's all getting into your bloodstream. So, Enter Living Libations to help us with this problem, especially with Leela. We, we cover her head to toe. She kind of goes to a wild child school where as soon as she gets there, she, she's taking her shirt off. She's taking her pants off. She's running around barefoot. She's having a ball. But that means we have to slather her in, in sunscreen. And, and frankly, we were just, you know, going on Amazon, finding whatever works. And uh, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? So we found a Living Libations alternative. I've done this with so many products, and we found the Love the Sun zinc-based sunblock, which is incredible. Not only does it go on easily, I can feel good about what I'm, what I'm putting on my baby in the morning. Something zinc, something natural that's also going to protect her that lasts all day. And, you know, go through our entire bathroom. This is what we've done. My, my face uh, oil, I, I guess I'd, I'd say cream in the past. Now it's an oil. It's the best skin ever oil that I put on in the morning, two pumps. You get a little, a big bottle of it. It lasts like six months. It's wonderful. As you guys know, Zen Shave is what I use to shave with, the best skin ever. Moisturizer, the exfoliant. This is a great way to support the show. There's probably something you're using that you can replace with a better version at Living Libations. It has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to swap out whatever random chemical nightmare uh, that we got swindled into buying at 7-Eleven. So show your support for your body, for your skin, for your health, and for the show. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code LOVEWEIRD. That's the code for April. It's capital L, love, capital W, weird, one word is a promo code for 15% off and show your support of the show. Thank you to our friends at Living Libations for sponsoring our program. Ooh, I'm getting old school. Program sponsoring. Last but not least is our friends at Ultimate Ears from Logitech. Ultimate Ears tr fits true wireless custom fit earbuds are the most comfortable Best sounding, longest lasting, meaning you don't have to take them out to give your ears a break. 
uh, earbuds I've ever owned in my life. And thank you, Ultimate Ears, for sponsoring the show. With so many devices we have, it's easy to forget the hardware we're born with, like your ear. Same as fingerprints, no two are exactly alike, and that's why earbuds probably cause you some discomfort or even physical pain after a while. I see you out there. People with the earbud in upside down, that's the only way they can get it to stick in. Or if you're like me, when you listen to long-form podcasts like this, about halfway through, you just got to take them out and rub them. It just hurts. That's why Ultimate Ears fits True Wireless Custom Fit Earbuds. I mean, it's right in the name. Custom Fit. You take them out. You get a guaranteed perfect fit in 60 seconds. They're sort of amorphous when you get them. You put them in your ear. They fit, they fit okay, actually, but then you push a button, the purple LEDs heat up the plastic and form the earbuds to your unique shape. So what you thought fit pretty good now fits pretty perfectly. I always do the sound. It's like this. It's like when you roll up a, like a earplug and put it in your ear and it goes, that's what these earbuds are doing. And guess what? Now you have earbuds that are perfectly contoured to the shape of just your ear. So they go in perfectly and they stay in comfortably using groundbreaking light form technology. With eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge, eight hours, and up to 20 hours with the charging case, Ultimate Ears Fits are perfect for listening to favorite shows like this one all day long. They have industry-leading expertise trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years, engineered to provide a full warm sound with a tight, punchy low end, and you can set custom EQ presets through the app as well. Play, pause, music, answer calls, all with the built-in controls, and use the free app to set custom actions like voice assistant, volume adjustment, and more. If you try Fits and don't love them as much as I do, no worries. Ultimate Ears offers a 30-day money-back guarantee, plus you'll get free shipping, free returns and a one-year warranty so use promo code weird at ue.com slash fits to get your pair of ue fits that's ue.com slash fits promo code weird all right everybody check out a different kind of dude with the very 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 funny river butcher hope to see you on April 22nd at Largo or April 23rd in Austin Texas in the meantime enjoy my chat with river I loved it get into it i'm hitting record i'm hitting record are you can you record on your end and then we want to get this i'm recording on my end oh shit let's get this good hey 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 i was just re-watching your special a different kind of dude we're gonna edit we're gonna edit this out but i'm just kidding a different kind of dude on on YouTube, so funny, so great. You're, oh, thanks, man. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I I just thought you're so natural and comfortable. And even though I'm a stand-up comedian, so often when I'm watching comedy, I feel afraid for them. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, know, no, I re- I feel that way when I watch it. Right? That's kind of why I don't watch it very much. Can't. <laughs> Can't because it's just I'm just like oh how's it gonna go? Not <laughs> yeah. not a recreational activity. I even get nervous no. when I'm like, oh they're cl- they're closing. This is their closer. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hope they remember the words. I hope they I hope they get it all in there. <laughs> like it seems like they're <laughs> yeah. trying to think of their their like a word here, and I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. But with you, um, I really I, I mean obviously this is a compliment. It's like hanging out. It's like hanging out. The jokes oh, nice. are there, but I don't feel like you're winding us up or or oh, sure. presenting like a shtick or a routine. 
Um, and, and it's really well done. So you should, I hope you're proud. Thanks, Pete. That's a, yeah, I really, that's a really great compliment. Yeah. Thank you very much. And it's so cool <laughs> that you can just watch it on, on, on YouTube. I mean, like. I know you can watch it whenever you want. Really fun. Is it, is it yeah, technically a presents? Is this their presents series? Cause I noticed it's like, it's almost 40 yeah. minutes. Uh, so it's a little bit yeah. in between the presents and the whatever. Although an, yeah. when they do an hour with commercials, it's about that length anyway. So uh, anyway, I don't know why I want to know. I guess just the comic in me is like, well, is this what they're doing yeah. now? It, it is what they're doing now. I mean, I think they're just, it's just like the new uh, evolution of that. It's basically the half hour. I mean. Like, if this would have been 10 years ago, I would have, it would have been River Butcher's half hour. Yes, you know, yes. Comedy Central presents half hour or whatever. But it's just they're evolving and changing and not putting it on terrestrial and doing it slightly different. But for that reason, we had everybody had a little more flexibility yeah. in terms of length, you know. So cool. Which was cool. I mean, yeah. I'm all about it. I think when I I made a mistake <laughs> when I did my presents, which is supposed to be 30 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. You ever look back on your life and you're like, am I a dick? Am I like just <laughs> a massive asshole? Because I went. Every day, Pete, every day. <laughs> well, at a certain point, I just have... Just a little bit as a treat. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, yeah, exactly. You can't do it all day. But, like, I don't trust you if you don't no. take one moment to be Shock like... for a moment? Am, yeah. am, I a, am I the villain? Am I the villain? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I might be the villain. Are we the baddies? Yeah, we're the bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good ref. Good ref. Good ref. Thank Sweet you. ref. Um, <laughs> was that Simon Pegg? Did he write that, Simon Pegg? What, I don't. Know. I know he's not. In. I don't even honestly know what it's from. I just know it from the internet. Yeah, it, it, I don't think Simon Pegg's in it, but I think he might. It doesn't matter. Written for. I love that sketch. Yeah. It's it's for those that don't know. It's the Nazis putting it together that they might be the baddies, the bad guys. which is <laughs> yeah. is that the best comedy premise of all time? Like when you're just like, yeah. I mean, it's very. It's very human. Yes. You know, yes. And it's sort of the whole premise of uh, Jojo Rabbit, right? <laughs> like, yes. Where you're just like, oh, right. Humans are very fallible. <laughs> and we like, we don't actually do things. Not everybody does things knowingly. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do. I do like that about it where you're like, oh, wait, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. Like, and and I know I'm saying this about Nazis, but you yeah. know, there were a, a lot of them. Yeah, you know there were a lot of them, and many of them just thought they were fighting for their country. So I don't know. No, I definitely edit this part out, Pete. I feel like I've gone very deep, and I don't, I'm not very good at. Swimming. I actually, I, I actually think that's a really. I understand. We're both. We're, we can both be fuck Nazis and also be like. There's oh wow I feel what you were feeling but there's no yeah, way if there's dangerous if there's millions yeah. there had to be some that were just like a little confused right. can we say that confused right. yeah confused <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's helpful to say that because then you can I, I think it's not just uh, looking at the worst of us well is you know there's. There's a little good in the worst of us and a little bad in the best of us. I, you know, like we're all fallible and human beings. I'm sorry that I'm using Nazis as the example yes, for this. But <laughs> and it's also in the context of the time, which we are not aware of, you know. So right. like it's you know, there are many Americans that were on their side, knowingly, consciously, yeah. on purpose. Right. You know, so that's it's right. like being able to see that that's actually the binary of the thought that I'm trying to get to, which is that there's the not everybody was conscious of it, but many people were. Right. You know, and that and that starts to I bring guess. into like 
the complicity of of silence and 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 the complicity of ignorance. Right. But you know, right. I love exactly. I, I love the point you're making, even though it's sticky. Can we leave it in? Do you, do you want to? <laughs> super sticky. Do you want to? Yeah, it's super sticky, but we can leave okay. it in because I'll, I'll probably make another point that will. <laughs> Hopefully, win back the affections of the people who are listening. No, I think this is what I love about podcasts. If if this was a talk show, we would never get here, and we got here in under (laughs) under six minutes. But here's the thing. Here's the modern implication. If I'm driving and I see a truck, and there's lots of decals and stickers that I disagree with, and I've started to make a practice of saying. Uh, God love you, or something positive. Yep, yep, because, yep, yep. Riv, what I was doing was a knee jerk, you're a monster, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Like, it was right. completely unconscious. And I'm trying to go like, Pete, I know, and this is weird, that's you, that's another you with a different mm-hmm. life and a different brain and a different situation and uh, meaning a different way of processing potentially. Sure, yes. But like, yeah. nobody is... Like in their deepest, most essential nature, is capable of being represented by a sticker. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Like yes. yes. I as a, as a trans guy, I would say that too. <laughs> That's why it's like, please don't represent the whole of my experience by a sticker. And like that person is in a place in their lives that I wish them like love and compassion and healing. Yeah. That they can move beyond. A sticker, right? You know, right. I, I wish that for everyone. I want all of us to move beyond our sticker. Be more you know? complex than a sticker, and That's and right. you said it, love and compassion. Uh, a friend of mine named Dustin had a bit about how he wore a cowboy hat. And he's a very sweet guy. He ran the Boston when I was there, and he was like, I he had a joke about how it worked once, meaning it got him positive attention <laughs> once, right, yeah. and now he wears yeah. it. And so many of our beliefs. Are that. Yes. There was a time. Yes, see, yes. I'm so grateful for this that I went to a Christian <laughs> college and I had yeah. no politics. I had no beliefs. I was just very kind of privileged white guy sailing through life. And I started hearing different things. So I met really conservative Republicans. And I was just like, mm-hmm. sounds cool to me. And I wanted to fit in. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm I'm all about it. But it was just the newest way for me to get what you're saying, what we all want. Everybody's made this point before, but love, belonging. So right. now I'm happy to say this. I haven't shared it yet. Uh, not that I'm proud of it, but I'm like, it's helping my life. I see a sticker. I see a T-shirt. I saw a T-shirt yeah, yeah. at the O'Hare airport that disturbed me for weeks. And now instead of going, oh, that's that's them. We're us and they're them. And fuck yeah, them. Yeah. It's those uh, those big labels that that drive us so far apart. Anyway, what do what do you what do you got? Yeah, what do you think? I know. I, I I agree, and it's. I think the hard thing for people that are listening to it is to think that that practice, which I also do, <laughs> like seeing that, or even just somebody driving in a way that I don't. Yeah, like, there you go. Um, because I am destroying myself. You know, I'm just that. It's not affecting that. It's not changing that person. You're right in any You're way, right. shape, or form for me to be like, fuck that guy, fuck that thought, fuck that sticker, none it's of it. It's drinking poison Only person and thinking exactly. they're going to die. It's hurting it's me. It's so stupid. Exactly. And so that is, that is, it's not a goal because there's no goal in a practice, right? But that is the purpose of the practice is self-love. That's Because right. in that moment, I'm hating something about myself and somebody else. Yep. And I don't know what it is, 
and that's why I'm able to hate it because I'm dehumanizing that person. That's right. And <laughs> and be- thus dehumanizing myself. And believing that they're as simple as a sticker and nobody is. That's right. That's why we can't get over movies and stories and real life stories of right. the biggest opposites in the world being stuck together and then figuring yeah, out and getting along. Oh shit, right. deep down River yeah. Deep down, past all of the words that you or I could use to describe one another, we are the, right. exactly the same. And that, and that's, that's what you right. experience. That's what I experience in meditation when you get like a clear mm-hmm. sense of the of the the hum of being, the hum of the experiencing of life. That's what we all are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're all just Christmas trees decorating ourselves oh. with all these ornaments and all this stuff and just clanging into each other. But we're all just a bunch of sticks, you know? That is <laughs> your new, like, let's re-upload your special with yeah, just the right. footage of you. just a bunch of sticks. What <laughs> are you yeah. saying? We're just sticks. <laughs> Christmas trees. But it is. We're, I mean. It's true. Obviously, I want to talk about your your transition is so interesting and, and we've been supporting you from afar, giving you love from afar. Oh, I appreciate Appreciate that. And, it's felt. Oh, good. I'm so glad. It's it feels that way. It feels joyful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess I forgot. I, what was I, I? I I'm just getting over the Coco Maloco, uh, so I still have a little bit. <laughs> oh sure. I got it. Yeah. I got it from an email attachment. That's my bit. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> that's my bit. That's that new strain. Clippy, Clippy yeah. is passing it along to everybody. <laughs> we all. I think we the all thing knew I was Clippy say was Pete. not masked. Yeah. Not a good guy. <laughs> Uh, very anti-vax that, that clippy. Um, I think the thing that I, a point I was trying to get to that I oh, didn't yes, get please. to with the Christmas please. tree thing was that this practice sometimes I think, and I say this because I remember feeling this way myself. So I know that there are people that interpret it this way that when, you know, to talk about such an extreme as like Nazis or, you know, whatever, yeah. and to talk about love and compassion there can often come off as uh, hierarchical as though it's, for them first. Mm. And so it's actually not (laughs) like when I, I just want to say that the practice of that is, and it's why I said the self love thing is because I am seeing something in them that is in myself that I don't like. And of course, and accept myself, I can't just ignore them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's that it's being in a place of acceptance that they exist and that I'm not powerful enough to change them. And my existing and not hurting myself is the more powerful path to go down. That's right. I guess is what I'm trying to say, I, you know. And that my love is not it's it's not conditional and it's in the to the best of my ability, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like it's not hierarchical. It's not like who gets it first, mm-hmm. you know. But I do think, you know, that the people who are in need the most need the most first, you know. Yeah. But um I don't get to decide. It changes in every moment of every day, of every lifetime, of every yeah. everything. Yeah. You, know? you touched on something, too, and I really think scapegoating is a huge issue. When I see somebody mm-hmm. um, with with what something that I think is ugly on their shirt or on their car, uh, it's really easy for me to hate them. And, and you said it. Something you just said was, like, you just don't want to deal with it. So hate is a right. great way to, like... Punch it in the face, kick it out of the car and go, fuck that. Like burn it to the ground and spit on it. But like nothing that isn't, when I say me, I mean the complex 
ever-changing, ever-swirling, impressionable, vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, co- it's able to be coerced, meaning I'm getting all of this information from culture, from my upbringing, from where I'm from, What all this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like nasty stuff in me. There just is. Mm-hmm. And pretending it's not in there, it, it's not... The majority. It's like it's like I'm a right. it's like I'm yeah. Parliament or something. There's there's just some nasty <laughs> yeah. old men in Parliament going here here when when someone tries yeah, to right. pass the hate Powdering bill. Powdering their wigs and things. We yeah. vote on stuff like are we okay yeah. with uh, this? And it's not unanimous. There's still some nasty old no. fucks in there. And when I see the sticker, I'm really mad. At at me, I, I I might be legitimately mad at the idea of them, which I'm making yes, up. Of course, that's that's, that's there, there too. too. Yeah. But like, we won't get anywhere uh, unless we just go. Like, the only reason this is so triggering is because it's so familiar. It's it's it grosses me out yeah. because I'm like, right. hey, you're letting the the gross voices in your parliament run the floor, and and I'm better than you because I keep them quiet. But yeah, we we all need we all need healing, and we all need change in our own inner mm-hmm. parliaments and, and maybe that's just going like i don't know right now it might be for me today just being like there's there might be some leftover nastiness in there and we can love that too a, a, as long as we're keeping it in control question mark <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah this is the question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of a comic book we're not yeah, sure yeah. we're not sure <laughs> but i i mean the the feelings we, that we project we don't we don't have to talk about it's not that kind of podcast but when we're watching Will Smith hit Chris right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it disturbed me in an archetypal way because why it, it it made me deal with my own anger like and my own mm-hmm. victimness and my own humiliation it was all a little play for all of us that is really our stuff being brought out, my fear of being humiliated, my hope that comedy will protect me, that it's actually my power that will stop me from being attacked, gets Mm -hmm. me attacked. It's all about me. And and, and I'm I'm Will in that dream, too, in that moment of that dream. Again, River, I'm not trying to get you on on the record on on that. It just came to mind. It just came to mind. No, I mean, it's it's very much, I mean, I literally was just on another podcast. It was like the last thing they asked me about. Of course, they save it for the end so you don't leave. (laughs) I know. My response... My response in that moment, I because it's the first time it came up, and so it's funny that it came up this time because now I'm like I feel, even even 20 minutes later, it's like I'm in a different place with a slightly different answer. But I really appreciated the way that you presented that experience because I think that that is true. Hmm. Every person that experienced that had their own experience, and the the need that people are finding to have a black and white reaction to yes. it. Yes. And reaction, not response, to make it this thing that describes systems and all these things to be the arbiter of what is right and what is wrong, of what is violence and what is not, and how this goes. You know, I said on the last thing, I was like, I'm just going to recuse myself from having any sort of answer on this. Yeah. Because I just don't, you know, Beautiful. it was being compared to like, You're- you know, transphobic material. And I'm just like, I just don't. Yeah. Like, that's why, I'm, that's why I continue to make things. That's my answer is continuing to make things yes, and create yes. and be a person. And, and, but my first answer was I will respond to this by saying that I found a lot of 
my feelings and beliefs on this in the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. Mm. <laughs> that like that is where that is. That that there is no there is no answer to this. Mm. You know, what it, there is no answer to that experience that happens. Yes, I, on Sunday night there is no answer. They want it to be know, a sticker. There is what, simply understanding. Yes. What sticker are you going to put on your truck? What sticker yeah, is yeah. this exactly? Yeah. And like you just and it's not about hypocrisy, but it's like. You know, if I say Black Lives Matter, then it's on me to continue that practice, mm, you know. Mm. And so I just don't have I don't find myself to be the arbiter of what is right and wrong in this situation. Mm. What is that you book? Know? Tell me what I mean. I love the title. I, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, Maybe not embarrassed. No, I just wish a, I knew what it was. Yeah. It took me. I mean, you know, she passed recently and I realized like, man, I I had a book by bell hooks that someone gave me and it was in the period of my life where I felt like I would just gain knowledge by osmosis, by ownership, by like having something. <laughs> yes, in space, yes, you know? yes, yes. <laughs> and I've, I've since matured enough. And then I was like, well, I'm going to read it now. I'm going to move past my feeling that what you just had, that feeling of like shame and guilt of like, how did I not know about this? Mm, and like, mm. um, you know, we find the things are given to us when we need them. You know, it's like, they keep coming back. They don't, it, like the, nothing is like on some it's not yes or no it's not black and white yeah. so i feel like yeah sure had i read it earlier i might have found i definitely it definitely would have done something for me then but i'm also aware that like me reading it now i'm much more capable of understanding what she's talking about you know mm. and it truly she's just deeply talking about unconditional love mm. and the ways in which it can heal this that, that that is the actual way of healing these systems of oppression that we're all talking about and this is what we're talking about with the sticker mm -hmm. you know that is hard to accept that like yes practicing love and compassion towards a person that you deeply <laughs> and fully disagree with yeah. and who is like plastering hate all over their vehicle yeah and buying a vehicle that's literally designed to kill you like all these things like it actually is the thing that works yeah you know yeah and it it doesn't work in this instantaneous way that we think these things can, but the, they don't. And I'm not talking about incrementalism either. <laughs> I'm just talking about the fact that like consciousness raising is not a thing that you can have any amount of control over. Mm. It's only something that is experienced, mm. you know, we're back to my, so. the nasty voices <laughs> in my parliament, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the thing Riv, I'm calling you Riv. Yes, call me Riv. Riv. <laughs> well, that was I was the most excited to call you Riv. I was like River. I, I'm gonna go Riv. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, I love it. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> um, it's a. I mean, I have to assume you chose River. It's a great choice for I did. for what I it's worth. It. Well, like, I mean, it was on. kind of given to me, but I chose. It, okay, you know what I mean. Okay, it's like it came to me in meditation, Pete. Did it really? <laughs> Yeah, well, can I just is. say without interrupting the flow? I'm like, what? I, I love this. I love everything I'm seeing. I'm just bowled over. Unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I, I'm feeling this clarity and this peace about you. I have to think yeah. it has to do with feeling more comfortable in your body, it has to be a big part of it in your identity. Yeah, I mean, Tell me. Yes. I mean, I think that, you know, I've been on like a, a since for what year is it? Almost four years, I you know, I started meditating like four years ago and mm. that sort of led me towards a more like specific, like actual spiritual path mm. and journey and seeking and those kinds of things. Um, and so that is ultimately what 
gave me the clarity to understand myself mm. more deeply. You know what I mean? So the, that quiet, you needed that quiet to, yes. to hear yourself. Yeah, that quiet yeah. and seeking and like having a, you know, a relationship with myself and my innermost self and the divinity that's in there that's in Get everything. out. I, uh, I, you know what I mean? And like I'm understanding do, that I was do a little dance. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing a 1980s I love it. Uh, dance, <laughs> but uh, we won't we won't talk about it. Uh, that is sure, that yeah. is so beautiful. I, I look. I'm embarrassed that because your your views are matching mine, but I know how good my views feel and how real and sure. true they feel to me. It's not like mm-hmm. you chose a story. Nothing wrong with a story or a symbol system or or a, a, a tradition. Mm-hmm. Love all that. But I know the joy and the peace that comes from looking inside and finding that spring, the spring yeah. that, uh, of, of, of life that's inside of you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's inside of everybody. That's inside of everybody. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty great, yes, honestly. Yes, it's, it's, it's pretty great. totally beyond parliament. It's totally beyond your thoughts. It's even beyond yeah. your feelings. Yeah. It's what makes your thoughts, feelings, and your parliament possible and in my experience you can you can feel at peace in your ego in your personality Mm -hmm. for what five seconds like i know like you eat a piece of cake and and you really wanted that cake and the cessation of the desire for a cake or something sweet in that moment you feel peace and then as soon as it's gone i'm quoting ramdas who's looking right at me from this picture (laughs) he's like now you want a glass of milk and, and yeah, it never yeah, stops. Yeah. So we need to tell tell me about your experience going inside and, and what and what tradition you sort of alluded to. All of it. Give me all of it. Oh sure. Well, I don't really have like a tradition or anything. I don't really like. Um, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Ram Dass. You, you know? do. He's like, oh yeah, of let's course. Get, yeah, I mean, he's there he is. he's up there. Oh come on. There That's... there he is. I mean, I oh I was just reflected on his face. I mean, a that, was, that was a cool fun thing. Get. <laughs> Into we were it. in alignment there for a second. That was cool. River. I mean, I really love you know his thing about the trees. Like, let me see, let me perceive you as I p- perceive the trees. Yeah. Is the same thing as the sticker thing. You know, it's like yep. I just see the trees as the trees as they are, and that's it. Some you know? of them bent this um, way to get the light. Yeah, you realize we were saying it. Every sticker on every car, truck, it doesn't matter if it's a Subaru Outback or or F one fifty. Every yeah. sticker is that person. Like a tree bending towards the mm-hmm. light, Something, yeah. or, or, or the belonging, or, or the love, and it might be a toxic, disgusting love. It might be, yeah. but we're all doing what we need, what we needed, or we thought we should do. Keep going. I'm loving. Mm-hmm. Go. Yeah. No. I mean, what's funny, Pete? And I, I'm glad that this is the podcast that I've been trying to like. I've had this as like a joke in my mind for quite some time. So this feels like the right place to say it. Is that like? I've never been more afraid to say, to come out <laughs> that I believe in God, that like coming out as gay, coming out <laughs> as trans, which I don't think was coming out anyway, is like peanuts compared to like, yeah, no, I actually kind of think that's the thing. <laughs> I, Riv, I, I have my bit about it. I'm just like, I know what this is going to mean to people now, you know? Yeah. But, well, tell me your bit about it. Well, it's, I, I, I just, just to relate, I go... I believe in God, and I go. I, I'm so sorry. Like when, <laughs> yeah, my bad. I go. I just wish. <laughs> yes, I believe in God, but I hate. And this is actually, it's sort of, it's a joke, but it's sort of true. Is I go. I hate when other people tell me they believe in God because it freaks me out. 
I go, sure, what yeah. is this, a murder-suicide? Like, it's like a cre- it's a creepy thing <laughs> yeah. to be like, I believe in go. God. And you're Here like, ah! and, but like. But that's the thing is like, I don't, you and I have totally different ideas of what that means. Right, you right. Because like, I, when I say that, I don't mean I believe in a monotheistic Christian God. Well, that's the next part of the bit. Yeah. Hebrew God or whatever. It's that I believe in all of those things. Right. I actually believe in all of them. Yes. And everything beyond that Ugh. you know that it's like not conditional you, you are know? killing me conditional. river because i literally i read this book it's called transforming i just i had it on my shelf for forever and i just happened to pick it up because i i just went through this thing where i was finding you know christian spirituality that was in direct resistance to the sort of christian nationalism that's happening mm. because i just needed that in my life i needed to be reminded that that is not what Christianity is. Yeah, you know? that's right. And I needed to find myself as a trans person, as a queer person in that, yeah. to be reminded yeah. that it's not all that. Yeah. You know, because I'm just going to focus on the bad. I, I, I now am able to be, to like, in reading that and, like, literally reading things in the Bible that have been interpreted as, like, oh, yeah, this, this is, like, totally, like... The, there's the passage in Galatians that has been used by like abolitionists, you know, abolitionists of slavery, um, you know, and by like the the civil rights movement and also women's liberation that I'm not going to quote it directly, mm. but that is basically saying like in in me as in in Christ, there is no man and woman. There is no Gentile or Jew. There is no you know, there is no yeah, any yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. Which is not to say you must be Christian. It's just, because because Christ means love and truth. Yeah. So in love and truth, there is no gender. There is no ra- there is none of this stuff yeah. that we place yeah. in our world yeah. to create differences, but then find each other in those differences. And so love. I needed to find those things so that I could accept myself mm. because I needed the not the opposite, but I needed to know. I needed to know the acceptance was there mm. in these specific things. Oh, of course. I mean I that that's 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 how you were raised, and I'm. Always, well, not always, but I often shout from the rooftops like, "You, the first cut is the deepest, and the the value <laughs> yeah. in reclaiming the spirituality for sure, even the spirituality that it hurt you if it hurt you directly." Oh yeah, going back mm-hmm. and going, I always go to the prodigal son. You're always with sure, me, yeah. and everything I have is yours. The the I, I've said this a million times. That was Jesus's closer. He probably told that story. <laughs> More than any other yeah. story. Right. And the story is, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you do. You can't be closer to or further from infinite love, which not only right. am yeah. I giving you, it's what you're made out of. And that That's right. that energy that, that we call Christ is beyond any sticker, is beyond any story. <laughs> yeah, it is right. naked as you can be. And that mm-hmm. is... I, I've said it many times that I feel like actually Eckhart Tolle says it too. He's like uh, people that come out of the closet might be have a leg up in the sense that they ha- that's a type of awakening. You realize, oh, yeah. wait, yeah. I don't fit into what's being offered. Yes, and I yes. have to look inside and I have to present yeah. that and change. And that's what we're that's right. all called to do. <laughs> yeah, and that Pete is why. Uh, people who do that are so persecuted mm. it because when you have an awakening on that level yeah which is not to it's not a level above 
it is a level within. Yeah. You know, yeah. that experience, that is why we're so cast out and persecuted. Yeah. Because that it it begins the rumblings of the awakening for the other person. That's right. And it's very uncomfortable. It begins that for the transphobic person. Yeah. And they don't want to think about it because they are certain of their faith and all these things. And like, I know what it is. And, you know, <laughs> to bring it back to the old JC, something that I heard <laughs> in something that I was, I was listening to like Rachel Held Evans or something. And she was talking about the quote upon this rock, I will build my church was, which was actually to the apostle, to the apostle who was unsure. Yeah. <laughs> it was not to the guys who were like, yes, you are our leader. It's you, man. Yeah. We love you. You're the best. It was the guy who was like, yeah, I don't know. It was to Peter. And he said, you, yeah. it's you. Yeah. yeah, Peter. Yeah. Uh, it, it's you. This is where I'm going to build it. The uncertainty. Well, that because we're so we're so uh, trained in the society to be certain of everything. I'm not certain of anything. I am accepting of everything in me. That's the difference, I, you know, I, which is a practice that changes every day. You're like a party, and you think that <laughs> there might be some food there, and then it's sure. catered by your favorite restaurant, and you're like your favorite shit. Can man. we? Can we eat this? And they're like, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> let me let me just add on to what you were just saying. Back to the prodigal son. I really think all, not all. I mean, if you take one thing from JC, it's the prodigal son. Because don't forget, <laughs> there's good. two sons. Uh, yeah. One leaves yeah. and one stays. And and when you're talking about how uncomfortable it is to wake up, uh, because it's disruptive. I think waking up is the perfect uh, metaphor. We don't want to wake up. In fact, the right, first step no. to waking up I mean, is it, to acknowledge you don't want to wake up. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, think about how, how the right has totally taken this word woke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not lost on me. Yeah. That like, that's literally what stay woke meant was stay aware of what's going on around wow. you. You know, that b- black people were saying to each other. It was a interpersonal conversation wow. that went out into the world and has been taken. Mm. But it's not lost on me that they like lament this idea of wokeness. Yes. And it's like. You're literally you're advocating preventing awakening. Yeah, and, and you're advocating <laughs> stay sleepy, stay stay asleep. Yeah, stasis. Exactly, it's, they it's, are because if we stay that way, then they can keep manipulating but everybody. To your Peter uh, on this rock uh, thing, saying it's to the doubter, right? In that story, it's very frustrating, especially when I was a young man, and I was very good, like I meaning I was very polite. I was very nice. Mm-hmm. Sure. I didn't swear. I didn't talk about uh, sex or whatever whatever it is that I'm doing now that I would have thought was wrong. Um, yeah. That I would read that story and I didn't like it because there's the father who represents God or love and there's the son who stays in the kingdom. He never leaves. He yeah. He's the one that goes... I'll do, and that was me. I was staying in the kingdom. I got married when I was 22. I, I didn't smoke, drink. I didn't have sex. I didn't do drugs. I, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. That's staying in the kingdom. But guess what? I got kicked out, and I had my own prodigal journey that I never wanted, never asked for, never planned on. And that is the unlikely place, uh, to, to use a, a metaphor, where God or love or truth is hiding. It's in all of yeah. these brokennesses it's in all of this mm-hmm. naked humiliation i mean river you've just gotten me in my sweet spot <laughs> look at the symbol of the faith it's a naked 
broken Jewish yeah. man. Uh, I, I point out Jewish because that was an other. You know what I mean? That was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a persecuted. It's 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 a broken. It was, yeah. He's he's oppressed people. He's been spit on, and and, and mm-hmm. this is Richard Rohr. But like the fact that we turn that into the religion of of winning and Captain America and shining yeah. and never losing. I'm like. He is, and this sounds like I'm joking. He is a loser by stand by the yes. by societal standards. He, was he lost put to death. He lost by the yes. state. Fine. He was put to death by the state. And people were like, "Yeah, and get him. Yes, get exactly. a minority, a tiny minority, cheering it on, loving people it." Were like, "Absolutely." Do you have tickets the of right to the Christ That's crucifixion? Right. Like it was an How event. How long can I be here? Yes. And at that moment. The story that I feel is so lost in all of this, like, you know, Christian nationalism is in that moment when he was spit on and all these things that you just described, he said, forgive them. Yep. They don't know what they're doing. He, and yes. so I can do the tiniest bit and say, forgive that guy. He does not know what he's doing. That's right. Which is not... That's it. I'm, it. Forgiveness is the name of the game. Because he's not <laughs> going to drink poison and expect them to die. And he had to, and he did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. he had a lot of feelings. I thought, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like because here's the crazy other thing. He was also human. You know, right. he was also a human, and he is that example. He's like that example, right? You know, the point of the story is forgiveness to me, at least. Right. The point of that of that jam <laughs> is forgiveness, right? Because also, you know, about the prodigal son, the one that stayed stayed. Not because that's what they wanted to do. You're, it's because that's what they thought they could get out of it. That's right. And that is not the kingdom. It's, the kingdom is, this is what I want to do. That's and right. this is what I love for my life. And he resented the other one for leaving and doing all these things and not doing it right. That's right. And getting the same thing that he got. That's right. And that's the story, is that we are all loved no matter what we do. That's right. Like, And, and that is what I have found uh, to be freeing in this as like a trans person, is that I am loved no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. If I go against my own nature and do not do these things and ignore these things that are coming up in my intuition and telling me, hey, that's w- this is what's going on, buddy, uh, I will still be loved. Yeah. But I will have a very hard time receiving that love. Mm-hmm. I will have a very hard time receiving Yeah, you're cleaning up your, your antenna. That's how I like to put it. Like right. cleaning yes. up your game, as Ramdas would say it, yeah. just increases <laughs> the flow. It, it, it increases your awareness of that love. The love can't yes. increase or decrease, but you can change how much of it you perceive by sort of right. clearing yeah. the weeds in, in your water. Mm-hmm. And how much you can put back out into the world. Because I was not able to practice much love. When I did not love myself, I couldn't love anybody else. Yeah. I mean, I did my best. Yeah. You know? But once you know, oh, this can be different, it's like, oh, well, that was very different before. Yeah. You know? Well, I love that joke in your special where you said, it turns out all the gas station attendants calling me, sir, were right. And, and then yeah. that's a good yeah. joke. But then yeah. you say, they loved me before I was ready to love myself. Obviously, you're right. kidding, but you're using yeah. that soft... But it's also true. It's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're planting, yeah. like... I thought it was a profound moment in the special where I'm like, oh, right. This isn't... Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not first and foremost about uh, politics or or pronouns or even mm-hmm. gender studies, politi- identities. All those sure, things yeah. are part of it for sure. But I feel like, and you tell me, it's first and foremost about your relationship with yourself and your ability to yep. love yourself. Yeah, 
all those things are just like I don't know uh, post-it notes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, like, it's it's about those things, but it's not it's not about those things. It's not like those things are on the table and I'm pointing at them. It's my experience of those things. Yeah. You know, which is <sighs> I don't know why I wanted to put it out. <laughs> you know, because I feel like. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a little while and we've, I, we've experienced comedy at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. during that time period together. And I'm sure you can remember when there was a time where there was just everybody had a gay joke. Everybody had a gay joke because gay marriage was like a thing that we was right. the political football or whatever. And so every comic felt they needed to comment on it or they didn't like it or what. And it was just a topic, you mm-hmm. know. And then women, the, the concept of women in comedy became a topic and like it's now a topic, you know, but I, I am not a topic, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a person who has experiences. And so, you know, I, it's, it's interesting every time where I'm like, I don't know if I, it's, it's a balance of like talking about it and not talking about it. Mm. But I, every time I don't, I just think, well, someone else is going to talk about it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. so do I, do I want to fill that space, you know? And usually the answer is yes, because my talking about it is not from a distance. It's from like a direct experience. Right, you know? right. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I'm checking my own privilege because I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> like there's a lot of transphobic material <laughs> on lot. specials that I watch. And I just sort of, yeah. those are the 10 minute chunks. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm noting and experiencing my privilege where I just go like, Ugh, I, 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 this isn't funny. Like that's always my first yeah, thing. Yeah. I always go like, that's a joke. My father, not not my dad, but a dad would make. Sure, a dad in yeah. a barber shop. Uh, just like like basic, like bullshit stuff. Yeah. But it's not that to you. That, that it, it's 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 like a serious. I don't I don't mean to say it's not that to you. It shouldn't right, be that yeah. just to me. This is this is this is an issue. This is in the ether, and it's affecting how people mm-hmm. think about it. And affecting I mean, it is, life yeah. and death. It affects life <laughs> yeah. and death. Yeah, it is. And it's also it's also not that serious at the same time. It's also a hacky joke. <laughs> you know, because the thing is, like, I've heard cisgender comics make uh, intelligent, well-crafted jokes. Yeah. You know, about, uh, about, that's in quotes, trans people or the experience of being transgender or whatever. Um, it's rare, you know, because I think most people that are writing these jokes don't really have that much, much experience with trans people. They, yeah. they are writing the jokes based off of other jokes. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or, or based off of just, you know, a Twitter feed or whatever. And it's like, that's not a whole experience, which is, you know, also part of why I just, you know, there's, a, there's, that's the other thing. There's a lot of trans comics working. And so just like the, the whole gay marriage tidal wave experience of that, then just more queer comics ha- existing, the same thing is going to happen with trans comics and then it's just going to change. Mm. You know, like I'm just, I'm just watching everybody coming. Yeah. Know? Like everybody's like on the way, you know, and like, but that's such a great it's perspective. It's not going to be a thing that way. You know, you're having, again, it, I, to me, it seems very wise to go like, this is the growing pains. And like you said, it's a, oh, yeah. it's a topic time. and it's a, yeah. it's a chunky part in the river. We're getting tossed around right. no, in the river, but getting <laughs> hey. tossed around a yeah. little bit. And, you know, uh, it's, it's going to, we're all going to do our part and it's going to equalize at some point in the same way that That's the topics right. you mentioned have, have, have equalized to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's the way that it goes. It's the way that <laughs> I mean, reality it's, goes. It's the way that the, <laughs> this world that we happen to be living on, this rock yeah. that we live on, it's how it goes. I'm not condoning it. I'm not like saying it's great. Um, but I also, you know, have this, you have to have a practice of like looking backward, you know, and, and seeing that the gaps are closing. You know, people, people lamented how quickly, you know, the gay rights movement happened, mm. which I think speaks to a lack of awareness of experience of mm-hmm. it that like, you know, uh, just because it feels that way doesn't necessarily mean it is. And that's not necessarily like without huge loss, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people lost a lot, including their lives mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. uh, and not just specifically for the gay for gay marriage, you know, like sp- for more than that. Right. You know? Um and it's way bigger than any issues or whatever. Now I'm getting a little far off of field, but I do believe that the consciousness raising, we are living at a time where it does happen more quickly than it used to, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you look at the civil rights movement and that came from abolition, you know, which then you, you're looking at 400 years before that. So wow. I'm not going to try to squish it into anything, but you're, you're talking about like the civil war, the abolition movement, and then that going to, you know, the sixties and then not really completing, but the consciousness raising of Martin Luther King Jr. That raised the consciousness in the world, yeah. not just here, yeah. but in the world, yeah. you know, yeah. and Martin uh, and uh, Malcolm X, you know, and uh, he is also somebody that like as a spiritual journey, I just really appreciate his spiritual journey deeply mm. um, as somebody that was like imprisoned and, you know, overcame these things and, and then was on this path when he was assassinated towards a deeper spiritual understanding mm. Um, was just it, I just find it to be incredibly powerful. Yeah, and, I, I, um, did you did you read his? Not lost on me that that's when he was assassinated. You know, I mean, and not lost on me that Martin Luther King was assassinated when he began to you know fight for labor. You know, wow. <laughs> where it's like it's not just you know when this country can deal with it when it's an image based thing and when image when they can make it seem superficial, mm. which is not to say that he was superficial it is to say we can just put it on the front of the newspaper mm. but once you start crossing lines and people people start understanding each other and we can't just point at it anymore and you start shaking hands with the garbage workers and we got a big problem here mm. you know <laughs> and uh once martin or once uh, malcolm x started to understand in a, after his like when he went to mecca and things and saw actually was able to see his brother you know mm. Uh, that loses a lot of power, you know, power to the the stronghold on what this needs to continue to look like. Wow. But the spiritual journey is always the the terrifying one to the state. Be- because know? the groups lose their borders and their boundaries. Yeah, they lose their, yes, precisely. You see yourself. Once you start to cross over that. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back. That's where we started. We were trying to say, is it possible that the biggest enemy in the world was also us in different clothing. Like, that's is right. it possible? Yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why we were flirting with that. Uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Wow, really beautiful. And I don't claim to be any sort of uh, <laughs> expert on any of the things I just talked about. Those are the things that affect me as just yeah, a person. Yeah, no, you know? no. <laughs> so I don't... It's really you know. interesting. As soon as you start blurring those lines, I mean, even the thing from Galatians you said where it's like, there are no Jews and there are no Gentiles mm-hmm. and there are no men and there are no women. And it's like, well, how are we going to run these people? How are we going to control right. these people? 
I forget yeah. where I heard it, but uh, I'd be embarrassed if it was on Succession or something. But it was like <laughs> there was a leader who was like, don't – somebody was like, you should number the peasants, that you should give them numbers. And right. he was like, no, then they'll know how many of them there are. And, oh, I think that was on Succession, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Right. And what I'm saying is when you realize, as Ramdas would say, there's nobody in the other boat. Uh, it's all just yeah, us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that can be a dangerous thing, like in your special. If you want to charge people for water, there need to be people who have water and people who pay for water. That's right, and and yeah. that's the yeah. whole thing. When when you're yeah. in Hawaii, those are the people that uh, figured out how to get the other people to to pay them for something so that they could yeah. go to Hawaii without them. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Like that's how the whole thing seems to work. Um, which is so strange to think that there was a time when we were all just kind of on a beach. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's very strange to think back to that. Right. Because of all these things that we've built and constructions and all this stuff. And like, that's not, the practice is not to, you know, it's, it's a daunting task to think that you can tear it all down. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you kind of can't. But the practice is crossing it, you know, mm-hmm. which is why it's so hard because it doesn't give you this immediate feeling of like, oh, I did it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, I've done it. Mm. It's that it's a continuous thing. And like you were saying about the parliament, it's like that parliament in my mind is not going to go away. You know, I'm not I'm not going to magically wake up one day and have done enough meditation for it to go away, yeah. you know? Yeah. At least I don't think. No. And that's not why I do it. I do it to get to know it, That you know? Because my, my knee-jerk reaction to want to have a response to these things we're talking about is my human nature, and it's okay. But I get the opportunity to, to live past that moment, mm. you know? Mm. Because on the other side of that knee-jerk reaction that we, that we all have and is sometimes a trauma response, so I'm not going to deny that in that experience, um... But the trauma response isn't real, you know? It's there to let you know, like, oh, something's happening mm. to in you, you know? And then the job is, or not the job, because that sounds too daunting of a task. But like The invitation. The, oppor- the, yeah. the invitation, the opportunity is to welcome that. Yeah. As opposed to get it out of there, get it out, this is right, this is wrong, da-da-da-da-da, all this stuff. I, that that was, know? again, sorry to keep bringing it up, but like when I saw Will hit Chris... That, to me, was the archetypal father hitting the archetypal son. That's how I interpreted mm-hmm. it. And it kept me awake at night. I kept, Like, my dad didn't hit me. But you can still be afraid of your dad, even if he's not sure. hitting you. And and it just was like, ah, the whole the whole thing is wrong. Like, this is sure. the guy from Hitch. The guy from Hitch. He, he's unhitched. Like, he can do it. Right. Like, it, it just, it's, it, it, when you said trauma and your trauma response... Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, it made me think of that. Can I, I feel like this is like a safe place to ask this question because I guess, you know, and here I will preface this by saying I didn't, I, w- I didn't watch it in real time. Mm. So I didn't have that experience of, of the shock me, of it happening, neither, yeah. you know? So, so I fully, I, I, I fully admit to that cause I, I think that is different, you know, um, to sort of catch up to it and be shocked in a sort of different way because I, I think I have a bit of a an idea of this, but I, I guess I just wonder why this in this society, this particular American society, that this is that, that, that experience that uh, to me was two people in a moment in time, mm. you know, I, I don't actually see it as any bigger than that, you know, and I don't imb- imbue it with any more meaning than that, mm. and that I don't understand that, that I'm not totally sure of what was 
fully going on mm-hmm. and um not my job to <laughs> to judge it or whatever yeah. um why people are so much more struck and and shook by this than uh, police brutality mm-hmm. that's on a consistent daily basis well, that you can see on your Twitter feed at any moment. River, you're you're you know? right. You're right <laughs> in what we're talking about because it yeah. broke the rules. It's it's mm-hmm. not only is it the most Hollywood thing, it, mm-hmm. movies and TV and and where we control what happens and we control the story. It was the event that celebrates everything that we love about cinema, which which is this control freak's mm-hmm. dream. I, I, I even love right. being on set because you know what's happening and you know what you're going to sure, say. Yeah. And you can tell that guy to turn his radio off because we're filming, damn it. Yeah. And we, yeah, lo- we love going into that sp- space where there are rules. And when mm-hmm. when that's violated, it is sort of, it is a reminder unconsciously, like in a Jungian way, that there is police brutality, that there is mm-hmm. genocide, that there is, it's just a reminder that violence is part yeah. of reality. And, and that's a right. rude, that's like ice water <laughs> while you're sure. asleep. Like it's, 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 but I, it's not what we were watching the Academy Awards for, right? Sure. But I, I, I guess, and just this, Pete, this is just my thoughts because I'm, I'm really, I really don't want to have opinions of those two people, three people at all. I don't. Yeah. Or judgments of those people. But I would say that what it is illustrating to me, what you just said, is that those rules are actually violent. Interesting. <laughs> that there is a place where there's a place that this is not allowed. And that this, this that I just said, is definable. And it's not. Mm. It's actually not. I mean, these are that is the function, quote, of society, of a society, which is to civilize and to remove the, you know... Uh, for lack of a better word, savagery, mm. you know, which is this, which is a very like colonialist idea, mm. you know? Mm. And I think that's to me kind of, I, cause I, I hear, I fully hear what you're saying, mm. you know, but these, these rules, like rules versus like ways of being with each other, two very different things, but you're, you know, having rules, like who defines them, who creates them, who agrees on them. Yeah. We have rules we have laws that are being passed now that say you can't play sports with your friends because of what you are, mm-hmm. you know, and that's violent. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I guess that's kind of what I'm uh, rolling around with in these days after this but, thing of just like watching people be so, you know, and, and, and we make so many movies that are wildly more violent than that experience. And that's allowed. <laughs> and that's allowed. And that's allowed, but you know, and that is something that's in that Bell Hooks book about it's not that the violence in the movies or the films or the the video games perpetuate the violence. It's that they lower our um, resistance to them mm-hmm. and tolerance to violence. Mm. You know, and so we have this tolerance for violence when it's over here or over there or over there or doing it that way or it's these people and not those people. But when it happens with these people, not okay. This is you know? um, this is I I feel like a bro right now, but this is dark the Dark Knight. <laughs> this is what the Joker says. He says, mm. if I threaten to blow up a hospital, everyone loses their minds. But if, if I, I believe he says gangbangers, uh, mm-hmm. and if, they, if they die, it's all part of the plan. Or, or, right. if, or if somebody, yeah. if a thousand people die in a war, it's all part of the plan. And mm-hmm. this is, we're back to that sort of those rude awakenings. It's like, 
you're in a thing that is absurd and you know neither of I shouldn't say that there's violence towards animals right that's mm-hmm. not seen as violence there, there's that um mm-hmm. I believe it's a Tolstoy quote where he says we'll always has, have battlefields as long as we have slaughterhouses because it's yeah. all connected when you're right. eating death like mm-hmm. you're like the bell book your tolerance towards violence just it just has to go up like right. it's just normalized it's it's not yeah cow and by the way for my meat eating listeners, please don't feel judged. I'm 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 sitting in a leather chair. Do you understand? Like <laughs> yeah. I am not I'm not off the hook. We're we're all in sure. the same thing together. Well, I, it's not about individual responsibility, Pete. Right. That's the point. Right. It, because that it always makes it about the individual, mm. you know, and it, what's I, which is a good I way to stop it, by the way. What am I right. gonna? What it, am I gonna take the lining of my oh, car out? My fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Wow. No, dude, that's not what I'm saying. I'm. It's actually for me, like gratitude and responsibility, you know, mm. to to those beings that I do think we're put here for our sustenance, but that's not the way we're using them. Mm. You know, we they're always saying like, you know, stop. You're gonna have to stop eating red meat. No, you need to stop overproducing it. Mm. You're throwing it away. <laughs> You're making more than we need. That's the sin, not somebody eating it. Wow, you know? interesting. Um, but to speak to, because you said the battlefield thing, and now I'm going to, I can see his face, and I cannot remember his name, but there's this, uh, Ernest Shackleton. I read a little bit of his book. Um, there's another and- famous Ernest? <laughs> <laughs> Burn, um, <laughs> burn, and he burn, and he lamented in this book that I was reading the the change the shift in language. Now this is like a, a strapping white guy, you know, mm. captain of a fucking ship, <laughs> lamenting language. So we're all, you know, but he was talking about the shift in language around war that we stopped calling uh, military deaths casualties, mm. and we started just calling them deaths and like honorable sacrifice essentially. And we began to sort of worship the military death. And I think that's very true today. Mm. If he was saying that in the late 1800s, early 1900s, it's a hundred percent true today. Wow. And we don't say casualties anymore. We don't say that because it, it means that these deaths were the effect, the cause and effect of this war. And we do not even look at war that way. So I, I, deeply resonate wow. with that Tolstoy quote which is yes absolutely the the wars that we fight are slaughterhouses we are just killing people right it is not it, there's it's not i don't think war was ever a good thing <laughs> but you know it it has evolved to just a machine mm. you know it's truly it's truly just a machine a death machine wow you know wow riv just so we don't riv <laughs> i love saying yes. riv i'm into it um, I love when you say it. <laughs> I want to ask you, just because we're friends and, and I feel safe, I want to yep. ask you one gender question that I was Great. really excited. Val and I talked about it. Um, Val is beautifully informed and, 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 I'm, and I'm trying to. When you're transitioning into, mm-hmm. uh, into a man, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I have an easier time understanding the feeling of like, this is what my body... This feels right for my body. I am a male uh-huh. body. Would you just talk, mm-hmm. I guess it's not a question, would you just talk about what it feels like to feel like a man inside? Like how yeah, yeah. that, what shape that takes? Because honestly, 
I, I'm <laughs> assigned male at birth. And that I'm currently reading books on masculinity and what it means to be a man and and what male dreams and what male instincts and what male fears that whatever that are kind of in the cloud of maleness mean uh, yeah. as, as my psyche. I'm interested in, in the psyche of maleness and how that sure, yeah. showed itself to you. It's so funny, Pete, because I was just on this podcast and the uh, the other last thing they asked me no. <laughs> was, what question would you want somebody to ask you? And I hadn't really thought about that in a long time. And my answer, Pete, was, what does it feel like? No. <laughs> and you just asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear that because it's that's like, great. when I say I believe in, you know, unconditional love and I, I believe in in something that created me you know whether that's god or something else mm. uh that you asking me that question an hour after i asked somebody to ask here it me, is that is it that's it call and you know, response that simple you, you asked that simple like yeah you ask for something here you go kid. <laughs> uh, it doesn't usually happen that quickly yes that say. is almost Not real time an hour but um <laughs> Uh, I do. I, I appreciate being asked that question because, you know, I think that's something that's just missing from, you know, everybody gets dehumanized in the, in these conversations in the that we have on social media. I think, you know, those two men that we're talking about have been dehumanized and turned into all these things mm. um, because dehumanizing isn't always like, oh, they've been dehumanized into this terrible thing. You can dehumanize somebody in a, quote, good way, too. Hmm. Like, you can dehumanize someone to make them the, the this hero and this stand-in for, you know, so, like, this inability to see the flaws of people and, and just, like, turning them into an object, objectifying mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. Is, is, is a big part of this. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about the internal feeling because, and this is only my experience. You know, I can't speak to anybody else's experience Please. You, that's why i feel like you know trans people need to be heard more than just seen now mm. you know mm. but i think that's what's happening mm-hmm. you know that's what's on the way um <clears throat> because for me it's almost like it's almost like a retrospective experience you know where once i was able to you know i have that opening joke that's like the pandemic was so long i transitioned it's very <laughs> true you know i don't know that i would have done what I did when I did it if that hadn't happened so for me I have a lot of gratitude for this thing that's been very devastating you know um, because it gave me something very specific and that's not to say like oh I'm so glad it happened it's just like finding a shred of gratitude in this thing that's been really awful yeah of um, course <clears throat> and finding other other places where like so that I'm not just harming myself with how bad everything is hmm. but um, it gave me the time to really not look away anymore you know, it gave me the time to not be on the road and working. So I can't, I could never do any of this stuff because I just don't have the time and I can't do that. And I can't do that. And I can't do that. And it gave me the space and the time to really sit with myself Mm -hmm. in a new way that I hadn't done in a long time. And for me, it was like a slow experience of, you know, a a friend who started taking a low dose of testosterone because very much my sort of negative, my parliament was like, you don't need any of that stuff you're good how you are like taking you know taking this language of you're perfect just the way you are and really weaponizing that against me wow wow um, i have i have that that with uh food i bet it's like yeah i I overeat and uh not not every single day but i struggle with it and and the voice is weaponizing like 
but you're the golden boy and you deserve. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. but it makes me feel like shit. It's like, but you're so special. Eat all the cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch Physical, that show? It was really hard for me to watch. Yeah. I Yeah, I bet. And I, I it was I watched it. It was very hard. I don't have that particular thing, but it, I very much resonated with the way they portrayed the internal voice. But my internal that, voice struggle with that. isn't you fat piece of shit. It's like you're actually the golden child right, and a different rules form. don't apply yeah. to you and, yeah. and you get whatever you want. Judd, mm-hmm. Judd Apatow has a very good bit where he's like, my inner voice, I, I think he says is just like a, like is his gay male partner that's just like loves him so much. That's like, <laughs> just eat it. You deserve it. Just eat it. Like yeah, it's like a yeah. positive, but that's, that's me. Mine is more like, yeah, yeah. it's like my mother being like my, sure. my boy gets whatever he wants. Or right, whatever. Right, right. So little bit vulnerable. Yeah. I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover after that one, but yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, no, I feel you. Pete. Yeah. Oh God. The vulnerability <laughs> hangover is. Legit. Oh, it's gotta be like um, a daily part of your life as you're promoting the a special daily part, <laughs> yeah. a daily, daily part. Just um, but I, you know, so I, I, I sort of was able to eventually move through those thoughts, yeah. you know, and reach out to somebody and ask them their experience. And they basically just said, um, you know, they were taking a low dose of testosterone and they were like, it just makes me feel more me. You know, I don't, I can't really describe it any more than that. And that was like a key that unlocked something where I was like, oh, I just don't, there's something that's that's missing or you know there was always just that and you don't know what it is until you know mm-hmm. you know so and it's hard to find you're like seeking in the dark you know mm-hmm. um for that light and and then i started that and i was like oh this is and and a lot of the you know the other thing that i would say is that even the most well-meaning cisgender people who are working in you know like trans affirming healthcare still don't have the experience of being trans so they can understand it only to a certain point mm. you know and so even their language the affirming people it's still it still can be damaging language of like well are you sure mm. you know and it's like no i'm not <laughs> this is not about being sure yeah this is about i don't know what's going on can i you know and oh it, god i i really yeah, just want to i don't know be a friend here and for what it's worth, my experience of being a man and what it means to be a man mm-hmm. is so confusing. And it is not sure. It is not no. sure. And I need help, just like everybody does, navigating any aspect of yes. my identity. But my maleness or my, I guess I'll just say my maleness, is is so often a mystery to me. And, and and that's why I, I sometimes hear like a, a myth, like a classic myth, and I go, oh, my God, that, that speaks to me. And that is why I was like wondering what the things that – and it sounds like this is where we're, we're headed. You answer the question however you want. Those little – oh, that resonates with me. That feels mm-hmm. like how I feel mm-hmm. inside. Because I'm, I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out. I don't want you to give it to me tied up in a bow. Just whatever this well, is no, making I, you yeah, think I mean, of. Totally. And I mean, I, like you're saying, I can't, yeah, you know, yeah. and like, also, thank God it's confusing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if it wasn't confusing, oh, my life would be pretty boring. Yeah. You know? No, it's fun. Um, yeah. It's... And I used to think the point of life was to, to settle and be certain and, you know, and it's like, that's not it. No. It's actually to, to keep growing and evolving. And yes. Um, 
Oh, where did something just came to me as you were talking that I was really relating to? Now I feel I'll, I'll it'll 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 come back because it, it feel, felt important. Mm. But um, it's it is this internal experience. Oh, that's what it was. This internal experience where you know we have this sort of I kind of bristle at this idea of like oh I'm a man born in a woman's body or whatever. Like I I, I understand that sort of phrasing, but that it just doesn't there. It evokes something you know, that I don't like, and I don't know what it is, but I don't like mm, it, you know? Mm. Um, and, but something <laughs> that I think I had to get over, I, I, that's all I can really say. By the way, totally <laughs> in bounds to be like, I don't know why, but I don't like it. I can't tell I you why. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. <laughs> uh, don't, don't like it. Yeah. Uh, if, if that's someone else's experience, fine, go for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not mine. Yes. Um, because it's not that like binary to me, you know what I mean? And I, I do, I also appreciate the, the use of like maleness and masculinity. Cause I feel like that is uh part of it too, mm. where there's like, you know, cause the experience of masculinity I have always had, Yeah. <laughs> that has always been present yeah. and it has been, uh, intriguing to people it has been appreciated by people it has been not appreciated by people yeah. it's been well that was one of the liked and disgusting to people it's one and, of the first things you know i remember when i was hanging out with you and cameron said to me men are obsessed with <laughs> like that was that was one of the yeah. things she pointed out to me and i was like oh i totally get it there was like an interest there that I think you were fielding and and, and emanating in in a sense. For some reason, that yeah. that came to mind. Keep going though, please. Tell me about sure, that experience. Yes. And I just want to say, Pete, uh, don't say my old name. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did I? It's okay. Yeah, you did, and it's okay. I understand why. Uh, you might just want to beep it or something like that. Let's, uh, let's when it goes out. Let's clip it out. I cool. Um, because it's. Yeah, it's just a, it's a weird it's a weird ground for me. Absolutely. I'm not super upset by it or anything, but it could be upsetting to others. No, I completely and understand. It would be upset with you for doing. I it, guess so I, I went I back like into my mind, and in understand. that memory, I knew you as that. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, I know. I understand. And that's also like, you know, the retrospective aspect of it. It applies to everybody. You know, it's like every I, I'm River the whole time, even though like that name is burned into places right, and I can't, right. you know, uh, but I'm, I am River to you even then. Yes. You know? Yes. Wow. That yeah. sounds spiritual too, by the way. Yeah. I was always, sure. always yeah. River. Okay. I was always River. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I think you should keep it in if you just like, I would, keep out the name. I will keep like it that. in beca- because I think it's a, a, this an is important great. point and also us talking about it too, because I, I think it's valuable for people to I, hear two people talking about that in like love and kindness i couldn't <laughs> agree know? more i couldn't agree more we'll yeah. absolutely keep it in but we'll, we'll bleep the name cool. absolutely great i appreciate of that of course um yeah i mean i just the the masculinity thing it's like so, so many different types of people vibed with it you know but what's interesting is the sort of transphobic thing was like but you're a woman right you know it's like it had to yes. i had to remain on this side of a line or I had to stay in alignment with some piece of paper that was printed, you know, 40 years ago mm. or what that doctor said. Or, you know, I have to be in alignment with what everybody else thinks, mm. not what I think, mm. you know. And so I, that's where that sort of the self-talk of of the criticism of myself, like you don't need all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like a weaponizing of, 
oh, what, being a woman isn't good enough? You know, this mm. like weird warped internal misogyny that like I thought my own maleness was somehow misogynistic, mm. <laughs> you know, is like just a, it's a real, it's a real knot that I've only recently been, been able to unwind. Fascinating. That, like, my being male does not negate, you know, my feminism or my, you know, anti-misogynist work or anything like that. Mm. You know, it just, it simply is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I didn't realize until recently, you know, that like, because to me, my experience of life was, you know, I feel like around four is when we all start to have the awareness of life outside of ourselves and that we are someone, mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. on in the world. And then people start to tell you who you are and they start to tell you what you are and people are like, you're a girl. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that is, but like you are bigger than me. So right on. Right. And then I keep doing my thing and they're like, whoa, 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 you can't do that stuff. And I'm like, why? And they're like, cause you're a girl. And I'm like, well, okay. I guess the other option is boy. So they're like, whoa, no, you can't be that. You're not that. Wow. Um, so it's like, to me, it's not on me, you know? And it's, I wasn't born in the wrong body i was born in a society that doesn't understand wow, me wow, wow. you know as a person <laughs> that's what and so it's really like a reclamation of it you know it's not like i'm not there's definitely a newness and there's definitely a rebirth and there's all this stuff like that feeling you know mm. but but it that really comes out of a return to me like it, it feels much more like a return to something i was hmm. a long long time ago that that sort of got washed away or like covered up or um yeah you know blacked out or something blocked out or something it's really interesting well this is again what i meant when i said my own masculinity is confusing cuz if you ask mm-hmm. me to show it to you um yeah. which by the way Privilege alert, no one does. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, nobody, it's, it's nobody asks pretty you sweet. pronouns. Pretty please. sweet. Yeah, no, no, I just mean like nobody burdens me with the even sure, yes. more complex, can you present to me what you mean by you oh, feel sure. like a man? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or feel identify with your maleness. I can't separate, or I don't know how to separate what was uh, told to me and mm-hmm. what became me, because what, what was told to me right. did become me. And, mm-hmm. and one of my earliest bits was that I, I used to stand, I still do sometimes stand like this, <laughs> like with my... A teapot? Yeah, like a teapot. I have teapot. But the, the wound, and the reason why it was such a great bit was because it was coming from a wound. So when I say wound, yeah. I'm like, don't talk about it. I'm actually <laughs> yeah. so happy that I found a wound that I could turn into comedy and heal myself with it was that my coach said, don't stand like that. Men don't stand that way. So I don't know. And it's I don't think either of us will figure out what it means. Like, you know, I I know testosterone is linked to decisiveness. You know what I mean? Like when, when when we think of women on a date women are laughing at the at the guy's jokes mm-hmm. and the guy is probably controlling the conversation and and that mm-hmm. might go back i don't it might have cultural things testosterone can be decisive you decide to talk you decide to go <laughs> sure. for it like that that that's like yeah. A, a, yeah. a a chemical thing potentially but then it's also like a culturally encouraged mm-hmm. thing let me let me tell yeah. you the story it's very short have you heard the story of iron john 
I don't know. I don't think so. I just heard it. It's in this book. I can't recommend it in its completion because I'm only about a third of the way through. So for all I know, yeah. it takes a completely goofy turn. <laughs> it takes a big turn. I don't know. <laughs> but the poet Robert Bly wrote it uh, in the 80s, I think. And it's about male malehood and male rights of initiation and all this stuff. Like how mm-hmm. growing up as a boy, you didn't become a man until the other men invited you into them. And and there's mm. there's actually beautiful mm. stories that I understand culturally don't really make sense to us, but like where the men put a put a a boy in the in the de- in the desert. There's often like a reclusive period. Like you have to be alone yeah. for three days. And I, I have to imagine that that's an introspective three days and maybe a scary three sure, days. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they circle around him and they cut themselves and they bleed into a bowl. And that's the part that I think people are like, uh. But then they give the bowl to the boy and the, they don't cut the boy. The boy drinks the blood. Again, I understand sure. that this for, to Western ears is strange. But the symbolism was you you breastfed your mother and now you will get sustenance from, from us. Like your father and your mm-hmm. grandfather and, and the men of the village. Mm-hmm. We can also feed you. We're also mm-hmm. here to support you. I understand there's violence mm-hmm. and, and other things, or, or I don't know if you'd call that violence, but but there's other things that we're not used to going on in that story. But I found that nothing like that happened to me. Um, yeah. And, and I found myself sort of yearning for yeah. something like that, where the, the my elder men, my father, mm-hmm. my grandfather would have took taken me in here's here's the story though keep that in mind because i want i want your response to that um i want your response to everything but the story (laughs) of iron john goes like this real simple there's a kingdom and there's woods there's big thick woods the subconscious behind Mm -hmm. behind the kingdom and hunters keep going into the woods and they keep disappearing because something a hand is pulling them into a a a, a pond and killing them Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this keeps happening. People keep going into the woods and they don't come back. Finally, one day, an adventurer comes. It's not a knight, but it's like an adventurer. And he's like, hey, what do you got that's dangerous around here? And they go, well, people keep disappearing in the woods. If you want to figure out. If you want to check that out. Check that out. If you're looking for danger, <laughs> that sounds dangerous. Big hand in the pond. Big hand, big pond. <laughs> so this adventurer goes in with his dog. He finds the the pond. The hand comes out. It's just a, an arm. It's not like a giant hand. Grabs the dog and pulls it and kills the dog. The guy mm-hmm. goes, this must be the place. He goes back to the kingdom. <laughs> he gets buckets and he brings five or six other people with him. And they empty the pond. This is, this is what uh, Robert Bly calls bucket work. We're unearthing mm-hmm. the, the yeah. mystery. We need to... And it's slow and it's laborious yep. And it's sort of yep. monotonous. It's kind of what you did during quarantine. It's the yeah, it's the yeah. bucketing. Let's see what's under here. Right. Yeah. Come to find out what's under the pond is uh, Iron John. And Iron John is a naked, hairy man, head to toe, in rust-covered hair. So he's sort of the wild man, right? Yeah. They take the wild man back to the kingdom. And, he, and Robert says, in all these stories, the wild man's always caged. But they don't put him in the basement. They put him in the courtyard for everybody to see. And he he draws a lot of meaning out of that. He's like, we have this wild side to us and we need to control it 
meaning have, you know, some sort of agency over it, but we're also not ashamed mm-hmm. of it. We're going to put it in the courtyard. Here's where it gets, here's where we enter the story uh, as, as, you know, the, the, the person you're supposed to consider yourself is the prince. So the king has a mm-hmm. son. Yeah. He's playing with a ball and it's a ball of light. And the ball, it, Robert says, represents what we were talking about earlier when we're children, when we don't even know mm-hmm. we're other. It's just light. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. absolute freedom. And the kid is playing with that ball and it rolls. And where does it roll? It rolls into Iron John's mm-hmm. cage. Mm-hmm. So right away he's going like, isn't that interesting? This story is saying, if you, all of us spend our lives trying to reclaim the innocence of our youth, the freedom, the peace, the happiness that we that is our birthright, that is our natural mm-hmm. self, but we lose it right. around age seven. Usually we're all wounded mm-hmm. in some way, uh, which, by the way, is why we baptize uh, or confirm people in the Catholic tradition. Confirmation happens around seven. Um, so we usually lose it around then. If not then, certainly by high school, we've lost it. We've become separate, isolated others. But we remember what it was like to feel one with the, with the universe. Mm-hmm. And that's the ball. But it goes into Iron John's cage. The, hi- the hairy <laughs> yeah. man. The, he's not a beast, but he's, he's wild. He's not tamed. He's not civilized. And he's the keeper of the ball. If you want the ball back, you go through an alliance with Iron John. So the Mm -hmm. boy, uh, the Iron John says, I'll give you the ball back, but you have to let me out. And he refuses. And I'm sorry, this story is longer than I recall, but... No, it's all right. (laughs) he He needs to get the key, and the key is underneath his mother's pillow which mm-hmm. is significant for many reasons. Uh, one, that's where the mom and the father have sex. It's a very private mm-hmm. place. Two, it's where the mother does her dreaming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and no mom, this is Robert's words, no mom dreams of having a wild man for a son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he has to steal it. He, he can't ask the mother for it. Uh, Robert says if, you, if he can't steal it, he doesn't deserve it. So he has to do something kind of cheeky, a little wicked, Steals the key, lets Iron John out. As he does, he wounds his finger. There's Mm -hmm. always a wounding. Iron John picks the boy up, puts him on his shoulders, takes him into the woods, and says, you'll never see your parents again, but don't worry, I will protect you. I have more gold than anyone you've ever known, and I'm more powerful than anyone you've ever known. And and that's the breaking away from the parents. You, You make this alliance with that, energy that's in you. And when I re- when I heard that story, there's much more to the story. But just sure, when yeah. I heard that part, I was like I I can't tell you why uh but that meant something to me. That that mm-hmm. feeling of the of the of the man under the water. And I immediately mm-hmm. when when I knew we were going to be talking, I was like I wonder the the shape of the mythical masculinity right. and 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 as mysterious as it is to me, I'm assuming it is to you too. But what does all yeah. of that make you think of the initiation rite, the story of Iron John, everything? Yeah, I mean it. Well, that yeah, that first one is very striking for like a lot of reasons. Which is to me, it it's like two things, which is that the the understanding deeply that you are alone. We are all alone on this planet, you know. Even though we are one. You know, mm. but we are alone. We we are only ourselves. You know, 
um, I can't take anybody with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so that to me is the, that is the lesson of the like three days in the woods and that deep understanding of oneself alone. Wow. You know? Yes. But then the coming back to, but we are here and you are loved and we will love you. Mm. You know, while we're here is like very deeply with our bodies too, with our pain, with our, yeah, yeah. as deeply as we possibly can, you know, uh, unconditional in a, in a very visceral sense of like willing to cut my own body open for you, you know, uh, very important. And also, you know, I think you can read, uh, I, you could read a toxic masculine thing into that, but you could also not, (laughs) you could also think about those people in that moment and those men surrounding another surrounding a boy and having a deep abiding love for them Mm. you know i think that's something that i was really afraid people i I don't know i was just afraid of being male because there's so much conversation about toxic masculinity and like i had so still i'm like oh no i'm a good guy you know and it's like that's to me the iron john thing yeah you have to be good right everybody has to be good you have to be a good version of whatever you are yeah and like no the juice is actually uh when you hold hands with the wild untamed uh messy imperfect scary parts of yourself yeah the dog eating parts that dude, right. that dude was eating parts. The human dog. eating yeah. parts. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, yeah. I, yes. You know, I'm not, the, the perfectionism will, is deadly. You know, it can be very deadly and it cuts you off from so much experience of life. Yes, you know? yes. Um, those are the things that resonate with me in that sort. Did you feel <laughs> as I did a longing? And, and don't let me, I, I know you won't, but don't mm. let me put anything on you. So I'll just put oh, it this sure. way. When I heard it, as I already shared, I I realized if my father had welcomed me into maleness, Mm -hmm. it would have meant something Mm -hmm. to me. Because like we're saying, it's not as simple as your anatomy. It's not as simple as what people tell you. It has to, it's a confluence of how you feel inside, how you Mm -hmm. feel in the world, all of these things. But like, (laughs) I'm telling you, Little League wasn't enough. You know what I mean? Like, like taking my shirt off in the pool wasn't enough. Like, I I wished, and I, I still, and by the way, I'm 43. I just turned 43. All, almost all the guys, thank you, all the guys I know, (laughs) all the men I know, uh, uh, in, in every variation of that term are looking for some sort of belonging. Not just yeah. in the world, but in their gender. And and I was wondering right. if that, uh, yeah. the image of being surrounded by men and going, welcome, does that feel yeah. beautiful or, or is that not? It, I mean, it, it really does, yeah. you know, and I, I actually like, it's so funny. I wish you could see my, um, my screen on my computer because my wallpaper is literally my baseball team. <laughs> and as you're saying that, now there are women on my baseball team, which is Awesome. That's what I love about it, that we have this co-ed league. And, but I will say that my experience, there are times where I've been there and it's just been us guys. And I can say that, I can say that sentence that way mm. because they've done that for me. Wow. They've done that for me. Wow. Um, and they don't even know that they're doing it. You know, that's, that's where the juice is, is when you give that to somebody else and you don't even know that you're doing it, Wow, you know? Um, and it is not that, you know, and it's, 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 
I'm definitely going to have the vulnerability hangover from that because people think I'm talking about the patriarchy and I'm not. I'm 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 being accepted by someone I see myself in mm. that my entire life I was told I couldn't be. Yes. You know. I was told, you know, like my my dad's side of the family, they're uh, they're from West Virginia and I'm just thinking about these like ways in which I wasn't included, you know, and some of that was because like I was divorced onto my mom's side, kind of, you know, all that kind of stuff, mm. but there there was a point where I wasn't you know, I, I was one of two grandchildren and my cousin was uh you know, assigned male at birth and he was shepherded down this very different path than I was. Mm. And it's hurtful in many ways. It's hurtful because it's the patriarchy and it's hurtful because it's not my, you know, my, my, my longing was to be included for multiple reasons. Mm. You know, it's like I can have that longing in different ways of I, it's it's hurtful to be excluded based on your anatomy essentially and then hurtful to be excluded because you're not being seen as who you are Mm. and those two things seem to be in conflict but they aren't you know like it's it's hard to describe because they seem in conflict with each Mm. other because it's a patriarchal leaning but it's also deeper than that which is i wasn't being seen as my true self Mm. you know Mm. by someone that i felt reflected in you know yeah um yeah, I can I can relate to the the baseball thing. I look, I can't tell you how to feel. I'm like that. No vulnerability hangover. Do not RSVP into <laughs> yeah, Rivers' no, uh, heart tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Just because that's the sort of stuff. I'm just like that's it. Like you took me to a place. Like I saw you playing baseball, and yeah. look, I know that feeling too. And I know it's not. It's not necessarily from an ugly place or or mm-hmm. even like a it's not a wall it's just this right. frequency that can feel mm-hmm. you know, I, I i guess I, I i don't mean to tit for tat things but i know valerie gets a lot of value in her you know girls weekends that's like that's such yeah, a yeah, yeah. culturally accepted thing the, the girls weekend <laughs> yeah. but i see that she comes home from literally dancing with the moon and literally yeah, yeah. having that like that female identity, and so few of my uh, male friends, and again in every sense, are yeah. are longing. Even yeah. that's why I told you that story. I was just like, right. look, if that story, and, and I'm not saying that's a hundred percent me. I'm I'm the kid <laughs> yeah, on the no. shoulders of the hairy beast, but I'm just like. The the feeling of being accepted by that part of me, the feeling of making yeah. an alliance with that part of me. And in the stranger sense, that that part of me taking me away from my specifically my mother, um, mm. I, I and stealing the key from my mother. He mm. he talked about now I'm gonna have a vulnerability hangover, but he <laughs> talked about men being for some reason that they don't know they go through a period of being cruel to their mothers mm. and it's because they're trying to steal the key. They never took mm. the key and they never just had the moment where they're like, I'm grabbing the key. It wasn't just one moment. Mm. They do it in these installments, maybe not cruelty, but of coldness or, mm. or, or, or standoffishness or, or just preferring the dad or or being rude in my case i was often making jokes and stuff that 
my mom sure, just yeah. didn't appreciate. And we talk about it now. My mom and I are, are quite close, and, and we talk about it as this period. And I didn't know that was me trying to steal the key. And, and, and my Iron John isn't just, I'm not a beer guzzling, you know, backyard barbecue. That's what yeah. culture tells us it is. But I know right. there is there is a something there's a yes, su- yeah. there's a hairy there's something. A, there's a moon. There, <laughs> there's you know there's, there's a, a moon dance version. There's a moon dance. I have my equivalent, and it, it it sort of breaks my heart that I see Valerie with her female mm-hmm. friends, and 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 finding that, and I struggle to have one or two close mm-hmm. uh, guy friends, and and that's just. Mm-hmm. I could just say friends, like, and and then I have yeah. my shared friends with Val, but like, and and I know that we want to connect, but I, again, I think it's because we were never, there was never the circle, and there was never the blood, and there was never the drinking, mm-hmm. and there was never the three days alone. What it is is these are these are sort of nasty terms, and I'm figuring it out with you, but often as a young boy you sort of feel isolated and a little bit invincible and those rituals show you your interdependence and and val and her friends just didn't seem to struggle in that way they she didn't feel as walled off and that's what i like about the story it's it's this it addresses as you pointed out yeah the the isolation that can be i'm going to speak for myself for me part of my maleness is a cave-like feeling it's, mm, it can be mm-hmm. uh, uh, cut off. Yeah, I think that the experience of cu- like cultured masculinity is what you're talking. Like, you're not the, the the there are uh, there are ways of expressing masculinity that are that are accepted in the society. Like you're talking about, like football yeah. and beer guzzling, yeah. and it's got to look very specific. And there are those same sort of cages and. Uh, borders around femininity, but there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: that there are l- less of them. The possibility that because I've experienced <laughs> because I've experienced the world of women <laughs> yeah. in a front row seat, <laughs> like women, and I'm using very like it's very blank language. I'm not be- being you know cisgender women, people that are that are pers- that are cisgender women in this society are allowed to hang out. In fact, that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. They're supposed to have girl time and they're supposed to be in their rooms together talking about things. Like that's the way that's but they're not supposed to be out on the battlefield playing sports and doing these things. And the the women who want to do those things are very isolated in those gatherings. Mm. And sometimes those people who are assigned female at birth are actually male and that's why they feel isolated mm. in those things and they want to go out and do that stuff. Um, Mm. or they're trans or they're just not that, you know? And so I say all of that to speak to what sounds to me in your experience of like the isolation within very rigid boundaries of the ways you can express your masculinity, which is why I say the moon dance, you know, like whatever that is, like men are truly not allowed to express anything that even remotely gets close to femininity, Mm. which is not to say like a moon dance is inherently feminine, but in the society we read it as such. And we read that sort of, Commun- communal space as men 
well, don't be gay and don't be girls. You know, it's very mm. like, mm-hmm. it's very implanted very early, mm. you know, that like, like you're saying, Little League is not enough. It's like you needed something different. Mm. And anything that is outside of the prescribed maleness, masculinity in this culture immediately becomes female, immediately becomes gay, immediately is transphobic, and it's weaponized so quickly, right. you know? Um, and that to me is like what's missing in the conversation about toxic masculinity because that's toxic masculinity. It's not necessarily the actions of an individual. Mm. It's a system that actually oppresses everybody. Did I? <laughs> and included. Did I mention? You know? Oh, I did. That it was in Little League when the guy told me not to stand that way. So there I was. Oh, sure. Yeah. In right. a baseball game. And he told me not. Yes. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> still not good enough. You know, like still, still like still make compressing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that, I think is ultimately to me that is what trans liberation means. Is it's the it, it's the freedom and the right to self determination. Mm. I don't want everybody to be trans. I don't want to get rid of gender. That's not actually my vibe. My vibe is that to expand the understanding of what every human being gets to be. Well, that's why, <laughs> you know, to- absolutely. Well, so Robert Bly, who wrote that book, and again, I, I can't, I, I it. Since I've been reading it, I've found out it's like a controversial it book. It's called Iron John. So I, oh, it's I, called Iron I don't know why it's controversial. Why is it controversial? I don't, oh, I don't know. know. It certainly wasn't being called homophobic. It's very inclusive in, the, in what I've read Interesting. so far. Yeah. But he's a poet. And I'm like, and he puts a lot of his own poetry in there. And he puts in other people's poetry. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. even this, again, 43 right. years old. Even yeah. having this guy be like, let me tell you about, about the blood ritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and here's a poem called Finding the Father. And you're like, yeah, I I didn't know I needed this. Like, right. you know what I mean? I like, yeah. Yeah. like, I saw my father sing mostly at church and baseball games. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. I, I still, when I uh, know a male musician... It means something to me. I, and I'm, I'm also mm. constantly, I will ask you this, even though it's absurd to think that you would uh, be like me, but I'm curious what you're feeling. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'd like to see where it goes either way. In your life, have you been drawn to father figures, male, like older male sort of authorities that might have something for you like i've always been like clearly you have something for me you have a you have a beard (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think you know it's funny my life when i look back it's very feminine like the 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 world that i because i I went to an all-girl school so not technically all-girl but um obviously because i was there but um you know at the time uh and I just, and then my mom, I was raised by like my mom and my grandmother and Mm. like just very, very maternal structure of my life. And so I think that the answer is yes, but I don't know how much I sought that out. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's very recently have I had that experience of the sort of realization of how many times I've gotten to have different dads, you know, (laughs) of just like finding fatherhood in unexpected places. Oh, that that could be the name of my memoir, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I collect dads. I've always collected (laughs) dads. Yeah, collecting dads. (laughs) And I realized recently, too, that I needed to be my own, Mm. you know, that I didn't, that I was really missing that, like, deeply. Um, And that I, 
I really deeply needed that. Wow. You know? Well, that's that's Iron John too, because remember, Iron John is you. So you're making right, this yes, alliance yes, yes. with something that, in the story, mother doesn't approve of. Um, right, do, yeah. She doesn't want a wild man, and and you have to like make peace with. You could be saying our, our parliament, sort of like every aspect yeah. of our psyche. I'll tell you the second part of the story, because it's brief, is he puts him by a pond, a spring, and he says, uh, don't let anything fall in the spring uh, and don't touch it. And the boy puts, he can't help it, but he puts his wounded finger in the spring and it turns to gold. His finger turns gold. So right there you get the message that your wound, and I think as as comics we can relate, it's like it's our wound that's our gift is like the first thing Mm -hmm. he learns. And then the second thing he learns is his hair accidentally goes in in the spring. This is on a different day. And after each day, by the way, Iron John catches him having broken the rules. And you start to realize that he's more like a Zen teacher. And this story mm. predates the Bible. Like, it's old. It's like right. an old yeah, fucking yeah. story. So by rights, it should be, and Iron John eats the boy. Like, that's those are right. the kinds yeah, of yeah. stories we were telling. But he forgives yeah. him and says... I, I know there's no evil in your heart. You you just made a mistake. Uh, try again. And he gets his hair in it, and his hair turns gold. And and Robert Bly goes through this whole thing about how your hair is your wildness, and and mm. you know it's your sexuality, and and like to make peace with that side of you, your hairiness, that that primal side or or that original side of you is, and to realize that it's gold is important. Yeah. And then the yeah. third one is my favorite. The child, the boy, I think by this point he's a teenager. He's looking in the pond and he sees his own reflection and he's staring in his own eyes. And he sees the pond looking back at him. And this is back to what we were talking about. When you see the eyes of the pond, when you see the consciousness in all mm-hmm. things, this is mm-hmm. the third and final, this is like falling in the water. You become mm-hmm. gold when you recognize that the trees and the sky and the air yeah. and the space between you and I right now, River, and you and I right now, River. <laughs> yeah, right now. That is, yeah. that's the gold. And so then Iron John comes back, him having, I believe he falls in. He, he's completely gold. He's caught. Again, he doesn't hit him. He doesn't yell at him. He just says, you can't live with me anymore, but whenever you need me, go to the edge of the forest and call my name and I will help mm-hmm. you. It's classic mm-hmm. mythology. It's like yeah. this wildness takes us from our parents. It teaches us who we are. It teaches mm-hmm. us that we're loved. It teaches us to value our wounds. It teaches us of the awareness that's in us is the awareness. I and the Father are one. It's everywhere. And then that wildness says, I'm always with you. It's prodigal son. Mm-hmm. I'm always with you and I'm yeah. here to help you. Yeah. I, I just... I just wanted to tell you that story because it meant so much to me as I'm trying to figure out and and navigate life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, I I just have to grab my power real quick. Go ahead. There we go. We got it just in time. Boom. Um, I I love that story because it also evokes. You know, it's interesting. Like you were saying that it predates the Bible because I'm like I wonder how much influence it had on Genesis. <laughs> wow. Like, because it reminds me so much of the the Adam and Eve story um, because I had my own, like, I don't know. I just like went back and oh read all this. Oh my God, I you're right. I wasn't Don't eat the apple, with, don't touch the water. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. Don't, you know, I I was not raised with any religion, but I went to a Catholic school and I went to Catholic school all the way to college because that was just 
you know what my mom thought that was going to give me uh, a better a better education mm. um and so she was trying her best you know <laughs> um and so that's just the the funnel that i went through and um uh <clears throat> you send your therapist so a taught... uh, check for 25 dollars yeah, <laughs> So that was like the, you know, I was taught all these things, you know, that that weren't like my actual, you know, belief system, but I was graded on them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it gets in there. And so all that is to preface that to say, uh, I think a lot of like you were saying, a lot of my like going back and reading different interpretations of the Bible has been very healing to me to read this and find that it is not exactly the way it was presented, mm, you know, and mm. also these people were just presenting their experience of it. Right. Um, and so that is why, you know, I've gone back to the, that as a text because it's like, first of all, a lot of people have read it. Second of all, a lot of people talk about it a lot. And <laughs> third of all, there's a lot in there, you know, and I've, I just have had this new sort of interpretation of that story, which is that the sin wasn't actually eating the apple. Hmm. Um, the sin was blame, you know, the sin was that when, you know, God asked Adam, why did you eat this? He said, she told me to do it. Mm. Wow. And then when he asked Eve, she said, the snake told me to do it. Right. It's, it's the severance of the other. Neither of them said, neither, they blamed each other or they blamed some, they, they, they blamed other things. They didn't say, Oh, I wanted to do it, right, or oh, right. I just did it, and which is not to say that sin is some. I, I, it's to me, sin. The definition is going against your own nature, which is what they did. They blamed others mm. as opposed to taking responsibility. Mm. And to me, the whole thing of like being cast out is like not by some angry, omnipotent like dude in the sky. That was like a very like sad parent that realized, oh, you have to go. Hmm. I've made this beautiful place for you, and I can't control you. Hmm. I've made you me, and in making you me, I've given you will, Hmm. because I have will too. Yeah. (laughs) And now I've made you this beautiful thing in my own image, and you have choices. Wow. And so I have to let you go in the hopes that, and ultimately, no matter what you do, you'll come back. Wow. You'll come back. Yeah. No matter what, even if you never come back on this plane, you'll come back to me. Wow. And that kind of thinking about it has allowed me to realize that, like, whatever made me, it might be the God that's described in that book. I don't know. But whatever made me, made me because they were really interested in seeing a new story. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way I look at, like, a creator, you know, that they're just, like, really interested in seeing a new version. We're very, like, they cannot wait. You know, I don't I don't think of any of it as I think of it as that Iron John, which is like, hey, don't do this. And then when you do it, there is still love. Yeah, there's still love. Yeah, because it's like, hey, I'm I'm trying to guide you, Mm. you know, towards something and ultimate. I'm trying to guide you towards love. Right. But I cannot guide you towards love by not loving you. Right. <laughs> you know, you are loved no matter what. Well, why know? even like, make the tree unless you're interested in the story of, of you guys right. eating the tree? You know, like, right. it, it's all why, there. Why allow the possibility. Why exactly. leave the boy by the spring and tell him not to touch it when that's the only thing to do? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> that's like the only thing you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Because it's another way, it's another story that love mm-hmm. wants to tell. I, I also look at that story as our co-authorship of wanting to be doing this. 
I used to mm-hmm. think of it as being kicked out. You know, mm-hmm. let's think of the garden as as the oneness that that experience yes. you've yeah, had yeah. in your meditation that whispered river to you that that oneness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt it too. It's 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 a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's what's looking out our eyes right now. It's right here. And then we eat from the tree of good and evil, and that's duality. It's it's yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's male and female. It's naked and clothed. It's uh, snake and human. It's sky and mm-hmm. ground. But mm-hmm. we, it feels to me, that story could be saying it could be saying a million things. But one of the things it could be saying is is we we wanted to do this too. We ate the the apple. Mm-hmm. It's not our punishment that now oh. I have the sensation of you river and and me pete right that's yeah. that's what we wanted <laughs> it's like yeah we, it's, right we yeah we wanted that we wanted a new story and to seek the oneness yes and to to seek the oneness as opposed to just remain in it yes you know you could say that's the the, the whole thing is there was an indivisible source that we could call god mm-hmm. or we could just call being itself yeah and yeah. it split that's what my daughter's name means. It means Leela, which is the dance of the universe. It wanted to mm. dance with itself and it wanted to yeah, play right. with itself and forget itself. Mm-hmm. Alan Watts says it's like it's playing hide and go seek with itself. And, <laughs> yeah. and ultimately nothing's really going on. It's like you said, we're all just, we're less than trees. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're less than the molecules of the trees. We're yeah, more yeah. essential than that. We're more basic than that. But mm-hmm. to play and to give ourselves an opportunity to love, we were we're doing this dance. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so it's so I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, it, I mean it's super radical. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's like I, I don't know, you know, I, I it's sometimes hard to explain in words, you know, because yeah. it's an experience. It's not, and like I bring up all this stuff because it's how I've been able to find myself, you know, yeah. and like. Even those things in Genesis, like it's interesting that you said the the apple is the duality because everything that leads up to the apple, and of course I'm just sort of paraphrasing the Bible or whatever, yeah, um, is is seemingly on the surface a duality, but you're talking about the creation of a a vast thing that we can't even understand so much so that we like write it in words, you know, mm. and like you read it and it's like the you know let there be light you know which then also creates darkness and you have that duality but it's a trick that it's duality because all those things that they list that god made to to not say that everything in between those things was made by god is inaccurate Mm. you know um Mm -hmm. it's not listed you know, we just talk about the animals and the sea creatures and the birds, you know, because if you actually listed everything that was created in those moments by God, the universe, being whatever it is, the Big Bang, yeah. you know, um, all those things, which I think are all the same thing, um, because I think science is the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> as everything mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be used for good and for evil. You know, mm-hmm. it's really just a, a deeper understanding of something. Um if you listed everything that was created in those moments, you would need a lot more pages. Yeah, it would be in the, <laughs> you know, you it would be in the encyclopedia. Be able to just, yeah, and so, you know, and this is the this sort of transgender, like, r- theology of it, which is that Adam and Eve are simply poles. You know, it's a polarity mm-hmm. of experience of humans. And they're really, ultimately, depending on who you're reading, 
uh, not even di- different people. Mm-hmm. It's actually one person, and they are describing the the polarity of a, a human experience, mm-hmm. which is like Adam as the material and Eve as the sort of emotional, spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Because certain people, interpretations of the Bible, like when you read about a woman, it is the spiritual. It's a, the a spiritual, emotional experience. So that story is about that. It's not about a woman, you know? That's interesting. but it is also about a woman. And so then the, the man is the material experience of those things. Wow. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's cool to me because it's like blowing this thing open that people want to own, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not like I'm like, you know, Bible thumping or anything like that. It's not like that. It's just going like, oh, this thing that all these people are telling me I'm not in and I'm not allowed and it says I'm wrong actually doesn't yeah yeah and it's not about them being wrong it's about me being okay yeah yeah <laughs> you know that's why i look for it in there because right not to I win a debate but to feel at not home. to win a yeah. debate yeah but to go you know what those people are wrong and that's okay and i'm okay yeah and i know that i am i am loved because i am yeah you know yeah i am as in i exist you know oh really <laughs> yes a scientific thing in did you read sapiens by chance i tried i keep meaning to go I mean, back yeah, to it i only got so far yeah. once once it got into capitalism i was like i need a break <laughs> there was something it in tackles there that, capitalism <laughs> yeah. wow well because it's like one of the craziest ideas that humankind has ever agreed on wow um and so but there's something in there that he says uh that is to me is the sort of spiritual scientific thing because I be- I believe both things in equal measure that there's no I I don't make a distinction between those things because spirituality can be used for evil science can be used for evil um it's just knowledge and understanding and the pursuit of that mm. but he says in there anything that exists is biologically sound anything that exists on this planet is biologically sound yeah so if I take that and I put that through God language, religion language, yes. anything that exists on this planet is loved. And Those you're are always same... with me and everything I have is yours. That's right. It's, uh, I just, I'm feeling so much love for you. <laughs> I, I really am. I'm, and, you're, and you're giving me so much love um, because I, when do we not need to hear this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, all the time. All the time. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs to hear it, and I think especially trans people need to hear it. Yeah. And I'm saying it as like, you know, I know we're talking about like God and universe and all that stuff, and if that's not your vibe, I totally get that. But love is the ultimate thing, you know? So it's you can set all that other stuff aside and just hear yeah. that like, yeah. if you exist, you are. That's it. You don't have to think. You don't have to do anything. Like, if you exist, you are, yeah. you know? And I used to sort of, wep- like, to go back to that point that I had made about you know, you're perfect just the way you are means I'm perfect just the way I am as a trans person and I can go and do the things I need to do mm-hmm. to continue my life, you know? And also that that might mean nothing for people. That might mean I, I accept myself as I am and this is the life that I'm going to go through. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, once I started taking testosterone and feeling that internal shift, it changed a lot, you know? <laughs> it changed a lot of things and it allowed for some understanding in concert with you know the internal work that i was already doing Mm. um and that willingness to try something that i was stiff arming away from me Mm. you know 
anytime I stiff arm something away from me, I know it's probably exactly what I need. Mm. You know, it's like very good evidence if I'm like, nope, don't need that. Like I probably do. Wow. Um, And that's not, you know, tried and true or anything or a hard and fast rule, but it's like, if I'm immediately resistant to it, it's probably something I deeply need Mm. to accept Mm. (laughs) as something. Um, And, and I have found that the, the steps that I've taken as a person, uh, haven't been to change me like i've said they've been to like reclaim myself and like and find myself again and for yourself yeah and for myself and and i am able to love myself and others more deeply because of it because it's just not i'll tell you like and it it sounds really simple but it's it's not like the the amount that i can just live in the world and not be disrupted (laughs) now is like incredible you know, I use the men's restroom now and I just go to the bathroom yeah. <laughs> like for my entire life, Pete, I have not been able to just go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, like pre-testosterone, all that stuff. I went into a women's public restroom and I was immediately cast out, immediately cast out every time. And so mm. I lived a lot. I didn't go to the bathroom if I if I could help it. Like I would go to Dodger wow. games and not drink anything because I was like, I don't want to go to the bathroom here. Because I had to go, wow. you know, I was supposed to, supposed to, quote, supposed to use the women's public restroom. And it was always a problem. And I also get it. I also get get that it was a problem because mm. I wasn't conforming to the sign on the door, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and so there's, there is like this amount of relief that I thought I couldn't, it, I needed to be okay not getting or something. You know what I mean? Like I, I had to transcend that and live on a different plane or something like this. Mm. But like. People call me sir now. They call me Mr. Butcher, and it's fucking wild. It's wild. Mm. It's wild. Mm. And they don't, because before when I people would call me sir, I would start talking, and they would, like, laugh at me. They would make it about me and that I was the problem. Wow. You know, wow. that, like, they got it wrong, and, but they would immediately shame me or blame me, like in the, in the garden story. They would wow. immediately make wow. it my fault. Wow. And I realized now that was what was painful. It wasn't that they were calling me sir necessarily. It was what their reaction when they thought they were wrong. Wow. Know? That is because really, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that joke about, you know, like they, they were seeing me, they were loving me before I could love myself. It, I'm talking about the times that they called me sir and they didn't adjust. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and they just called me that and that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because now when I get that, it's not a, a sort of patriarch. It's not me feeling like I'm in some, uh, you know, whatever, like I've got some privilege or something. It's literally just walking through life uninterrupted. Mm. <laughs> and I wish that for everyone, mm. you know? <laughs> I wish that for everyone. Yes, an uninterrupted in, in a, life. In consciousness, yeah, exactly, <laughs> of like not, of, of not disrupted by these systems that we're talking about you know wow wow that was a beautiful i don't know what to call it a sonnet it was beautiful (laughs) it was really thank you it was really human and really special and i'm really grateful oh thanks i I appreciate it i'm so grateful for you dude I, i can't tell you like i literally was like kept contemplating i was like you should just reach out to Pete because like you can promote your special you like have a reason and yeah you want to go on this and then you literally emailed me wow you're like <laughs> so wild. you're like in a wildly powerful 
place. You're like, this is the question I'd like to be asked. This is the podcast I'd like to do. I mean, I know I have to be very careful what I ask for. Yeah, set set some goals or something. It seems to be sure, like a yeah. really powerful uh, time, and maybe that's just how your life is going to be from now on. I hope so. I mean, we'll see. I I we'll see. I don't know. I, I'm also like it, this is also a wild experience too. I just had like TMJ. I still have it, and so like this. I'm also having this crazy physical changing and awakening too, where I feel like my own system of trauma is breaking apart because I, I think I'm not a doctor, Pete, but I, uh, (laughs) I, I, part of all of this stuff and the suppression of the self and all those things and the traumatic experiences you go through, like I've been a nail biter since as long as I can remember. Mm. And I, I just chew around my fingers, you know, Mm -hmm. and I chew on the skin in my mouth. It's very gross. Yeah. And I just, I have not, I have struggled, suffered it, and I struggle with it still. And I had this job where I was in Toronto on set for three and a half weeks. And so I was wearing a mask every time I was awake, basically. And that was the first time that I did not bite my nails. Because I literally physically couldn't put my hands in my mouth. Yeah. And so for a month, I didn't do that. And then I came back, and then I was immediately, like, on the road. And... Now my jaw has just like gone whank and is like, you got to stop because now every time I start to do it, I can feel how much that shifts my jaw out of place. Of course. And it's like this physical thing that is like changing and going like, buddy, you can't do it anymore. Wow. You know? It's like, it's such a wild, like big red flag. And so to me, it feels like in part with what you're talking about of like, it's just a, it's a powerful moment of like change. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting. I feel like you had, I'm, I'm going to put these words on it. You tell me if I'm right. It's like there was this block. You, you had a block. Oh yeah. Huge. Giant. Like a knot. And and by the way, trans, cis, it doesn't matter. Every human no. being knows what it feels like to carry a knot in them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you untie it, the ramifications mm-hmm. go through your body, go through your life, go through your community. Yep. I mean, it's literally the kind of stuff that changes the world. I had a procedure yeah. done on my hand yeah. recently they, they, where there was literally like a knot in my hand and they broke it, basically. They untied it. And I was like, wow. why does my my chest feels open? Wow. Because it's wow. all connected, baby. Don't you see yeah. the eyes in the water? There's <laughs> eyes in the water. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. I'm not surprised. Like, there's such a mystical, universal, mm-hmm. elemental, basic principle which is like flow begets flow. And That's you right. did and are doing and will continue to do brave things. And those things <laughs> set a precedent. And I'm not, I'm yeah. just not surprised. I know we sound very much like, you know, we're at Erewhon buying r- organic <laughs> sure. coconuts. Many but people might call it woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been called woo woo many, many times. I bet. But, I bet. uh, from what I can tell, every woo I've wooed has only <laughs> opened my heart and made me a little bit more gentle and, yeah. and loving and and alive, uh, honestly. Right. So I, I'm yeah. not afraid of woo. But anyway, I'm just yeah. not surprised. I, like I said, we've been watching you from afar. Uh, there's just a lot of love here. I'm, I'm glad you said you feel it. And I'm glad that... Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate it very much. Happy to see you doing so well. Um, and not surprised, but I'm, I'm blown away by your wisdom. Oh, I was going to recommend a couple of books. I, I don't know about oh, I yeah. Am John uh, just because I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. 
that that oneness talk we were talking about, Rupert mm. Spira, you can watch him on SPIRA on YouTube. Maybe I'll email you a clip of his Great, w- yeah, wonderful meditations. But he wrote a book called Being Aware of Being Aware. It's just mm. being aware of your awareness. And if you want to yeah. talk about the joyful experience of being the smallest point that you can be, <laughs> yeah, he'll get right. you there. And it is oh, wow. it is unbelievable. Yeah, that's cool. um, and for Jesus stuff, just because you're enjoying that. The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr is is a must. Oh read. yeah, it's a must. Read. Richard Rohr is a, is a is a good one. Are you, have into you ever the Rory? read any? Oh my god, I am into the Rohr. Oh, I haven't gotten wow. deeply into the Rohr at all, but definitely into the Rohr. Um, and have you ever read any of Anthony DeMello's work? No, I'm writing it down. Anthony D E M E L L O. Uh, I think so. D I E, but he is a, a Jesuit. It. He was a Jesuit priest who sort of folded in and wasn't afraid of the intermingling of of eastern philosophy with you know the sort of yes i mean <laughs> that's where jesus was yeah <laughs> you know, that's, like he that's wasn't the over east, here folks. So, yeah. so he was very much pulling towards that as opposed to rooted heavily deeply into any and you know it's just striking me right now too who who allowed me this path into sort of uh, a new understanding of these things I was told, you know, like the, the sort of Christian idea that, that I am wrong or whatever. But the person that uh, allowed me to to sort of like look into those things and understand that that's not what everybody thinks was um, uh, the the guy that started Homeboy Industries. Oh, yeah. Now I'm completely blanking on his name. Gregory Doyle. Yeah. Uh, I've been meaning Gregory to have Boyle. Gregory. Father Do- Greg Boyle. Greg yes. Boyle on the Boyle. podcast. Yeah. Yes. Um, re- reading his books really, really, really changed me deeply about like what, because, because the thing is, it's not about the religion and it's not about the doctrine and it's not about the, the thing. It's about what you do with your life. You mm. know, like one of the things that struck me so much in, in his book, um, Tattoos on the Heart is that whenever somebody comes into Homeboy, cause Homeboy is like this, it's called Homeboy Industries and um, they basically started his his impetus was to create jobs for former gang formerly incarcerated gang members so that they could you know like reinvigorate their lives and what he quickly found was that they didn't so much need the jobs as much as they needed to be loved and to be able to love and mm. so quickly it became less about the work and more about the space but what he says, and I highly recommend those books to anybody because it will change. It will change you about many, 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 many things. Is tattoos um, on the heart the one to start with? That's the first one. Yes, that's the one to start with. So it tells the whole story of how he got there and and all these things. But he says, and he there's an on being with him too. That if you do, if you don't want to get into the books, I highly recommend the on being with Krista Tippett with him, where people come all the time to work to volunteer. And they say, and he says, why do you want to work here? And they say, because I want to help people. And he says, come, you know, come back when that's not what you want to do. (laughs) Come back when you want to be helped. You know, come back when you don't want to save anybody. Come back when you want to be a part of, you know. And that, that is, he has this thing called like radical kinship where we are all, you know, it's it's about the one, the oneness. Mm. But when you come into a space thinking you can save people, that's not what any of this is about. You, right. know, you have to lay that down yeah, and be willing to be saved yourself. <laughs> you know, that, that 
re- realizing that you might not be what needs to be brought, you know? Well, honestly, um, I feel like you tell me, I, I felt mm-hmm. like this conversation was river. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not. Yeah, I think so. Explain or, or, uh, or defend or, or, or whatever, or conceptualize. But can two, right. can two friends talk? Yeah. And at the end of two hours, feel a little bit more open, a little bit more at home, a little yeah. bit more accepted. Uh, and, and that's that's why I, I know it sounds like I'm saying an in-conclusion statement. I'm not trying to get you out no, of no, here. No. <laughs> okay. That that felt right to me. I felt like that was the mm-hmm. spirit that we were able to create, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I'm super grateful for it, too. And I, I hope that's what people get out of it, because I think... You know, I think that not that that's not that I came in trying to do this. I certainly didn't. Um, But I just think that people don't, you know, trans people have become this idea, like we were talking about a concept and not like another friend or another person or right, right, right. Um, And so, you know, we're we're experiencing masculinity together in this conversation. Yeah. And it transcends a boundary of each of us, you know, Absolutely. and also we're also, I would also argue we're experiencing femininity as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's not one or the other. It's that it's, I don't really know where one starts and one ends, you know, I've, that to me is I've, the I almost said, of the thing. I've know? never known. I've just never <laughs> known. I was also in yeah. a large way raised by my mother. I, my dad was around and I love my dad. He did a great job, but like I, I related so much to, um, uh, Jacob, Jacob and Esau. I, I was Jacob hanging out with mm. my mother, dwelling mm. in tents and and learning sure, how yeah. to relate. And whenever I had to be hairy, I was just putting animal skins on my arms and pretending. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're yeah. you're not, I, for what it's worth. I don't think you're wrong to go back to those stories. I still do too, and go like, oh wow, yeah. they really fill gaps in my vocabulary. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I only recently learned that the you know the Good Samaritan is not about like do good for people it's about you never know where the good is coming from <laughs> yeah you know like i didn't even know that about that story because it just gets told yeah. or it gets cliched and turned into this thing and the whole po- the samaritans were the oppressed people yeah they were, they were the cast they're basically the trans people yeah. you know like you could yeah put whatever they were the most outcast yeah the most outcast people and that is the person that helps you yeah that's right that's the point of that story is that you do not know where the help is coming from that's right you know because right. i don't know I might be on the side of the road and somebody with a whatever sticker on their car is going to help me. That's right. You know? That's right. And so I live my life to the best of my ability to be open to that, to be an example to others so that maybe the stickers come down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. Yeah. And that applies to everybody. I don't know what, you know, I didn't say any specific stickers because it's like, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know. That's right. Wow. Good. Good. Good on ya. <laughs> we wrapped it up. Good on to the ya. Top. So anybody that stuck past the Nazi talk, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks for giving us another two hours to to close it out. That's right to, to sort of even it out. Let but. me ask you one silly question. It, it's a quick one, Please. just to close yeah. this out, because boy, we went all over. We really did it. We we really did it, and you did we a really did do it. You did a podcast before this. I'm not sure how you're doing this. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, I'm going to like need to be quiet for the rest of the day to balance it out. Oh, I'm quiet for the rest of the day for sure. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Um, can you think of a time in your life at any point in your life where you laughed really, 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 really hard? Um, Mm. I like to give people the guidance that like, maybe you were a child, 
Um, maybe somebody farted. It's often a fart. Sure, yeah. maybe, oh. maybe somebody fell down. It's not as nice, but that often yeah, leads sure. to laughing. Um, anything comes to mind. And it doesn't have to be a good story. I just want yeah. I want you to have the joy of going back and remembering what it was <laughs> right, like. Yeah, going back to that. Tears streaming down your face crying. What what just happened? Incontrollable. I mean, the one that really sticks out to me, it's these have it's happened recently, but I don't remember the details of them. But when you were going through possibilities, I remember this one, which is I had a very strong period in my childhood of playing the game Life. Mm. <laughs> and I was an only child, so rarely did I get to play <laughs> board games with other kids. But I have, it, this person is still in my life. I had this best friend who moved in across the street when I was about <coughs> 10. And before that, there were no kid. there was literally no kids in my neighborhood it, within like walking distance. I was like around all mostly elderly people. Uh, Cause like the neighborhood, the class, the socioeconomic thing, like everybody had like left and not come back. Mm. And, um, so anyway, that's all setting it up for like, so we became very fast friends, you know, very quickly. And, um, she what's cool is she's a she's also trans <laughs> you know as she's she is she and uh so we were playing this game you know it's just so funny to like go back and be like how did we find each other yeah like of course we did yeah like of course we did yeah um and well you're a wizard so we've we've uncovered right. that yeah, clearly obviously i think you're like pulling I the lever that makes the world go into being. yeah exactly <laughs> so we it was the i think the 1992 world series so we were watching the world series while playing this game life uh she had come over to my house and we were playing it with my mom and i just remember the world series was on in the background and we had decided the game was like we were done with the game and we were going to keep watching the baseball game and we put the lid of the game the, of the game box back on and did it too fast and it made like the huge fart sound and i i had never he- heard that happen from that thing before and it just we lost it for like what felt like an hour and it was literally just a box making a fart sound <laughs> Are you there, Pete? I think I lost you. <laughs> My big moment. And I was like, oh, I guess it's not that funny. No, it's, it's just frozen. <laughs> River. Yes, Pete. Uh, what an ending. I'm, this is hilarious. I'm so sorry. It's so funny. I can't believe I'm podcasting with you through a, somebody else's phone on Zoom. I, so funny. Yeah, you're, you're through a phone to Katie. Katie to you over Zoom. This is a lot of technology. <laughs> oh, my God. I told my story, which you're going to hear in retrospect now. And I was like, oh, my God, was it so not funny? Because you looked you looked like you were still like listening. I looked frozen <laughs> and I'm laughing. What yeah. a nightmare. Well, I'm glad you told it. And look, this this has been so long. I'll listen yeah, when, let's, when let's we play this up. back. <laughs> and I'm sure it's a great story. And I'm sure it's hilarious. <laughs> It was funny. <laughs> okay. Well, it was great. It's not hilarious, but it's fun. Okay, good. That's all it's we need. The game of life making a fart sound when we put it away. And it, we just thought it was the funniest thing. And we <laughs> laughed all, for what it. felt like an okay, hour. Okay, good. Good. Little little tease for me. <laughs> that was it. I'll listen to the whole thing. Thank great. you so much. So much love to you. I really I we Oh my god. Yes, Pete. Thank you. I love you. Yeah, thank you I so much for having you. me. I love you too, dude. And would you please uh, just sign us off by saying keep it crispy? And I I hope to see you so soon. Yeah, I I hope to see you so soon, too. And uh, I will sign us off by saying keep it crispy. There it is. 
There it is. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Oh, my God. Everybody. This is so much fun, thank, Pete. Thank you. Oh, of Let's course, now my internet's soon. coming back on. I <laughs> I appreciate Great. it, everybody. We'll, we'll talk soon. I'll let you know when it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs>